this week on Invasion the Podcast. I am joined once again by El Goro of the Talk Without Rhythm Podcast to talk about Rising Stars Volume 2, Power. We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon. The arrival of a spaceship. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. Flying saucers have invaded our planet. People of Earth, attention. It's the invasion of the podcast. The whole world is under attack. Can it survive? And welcome to Invasion of the Podcast, where we try to take over the world one listener at a time. Uh, my name is Paul, and I am joined again by the Algoro for another um, a wonderful. I'm, I'm I'm already saying it now. It's going to be a wonderful conversation about rising stars. Yes, in the ten years since we last recorded, <laughs> I've destroyed Chicago, hung out with some penguins, and ate for for free at a Cleveland diner. Yeah, right. It's that's that. <laughs> Got to get comped, right? So, I love the fact that the single reference to Cleveland was literally somebody freeloading at a diner. Yes. Uh, so yeah, th- it's been ten years since our last discussion about this. No, but uh, but yeah, as as I set out before, well, one, it always it's wonderful to have you on, and I know this is more a little different format in terms of what we explore, and I, I greatly appreciate it. And this has I, been... I greatly yeah. appreciate you uh, inviting me, man, yeah. because I had a hell of a lot of fun on the last time, last episode that we talked about Rising Stars. And yeah. I closed out that episode saying, I really want to jump into the next round of these comics, and here we are. Yes, and so, um, like, uh, if people go back and listen to that episode, there's a lot of front-loading talking about um, Straczynski as a writer, mm-hmm. which you did share a little bit of news in the group chat today um, that I think is pertinent. We could mention here while I'm thinking about it um, regarding one of his other projects. Um, and then I, I have a brief story that has nothing to do with any of this stuff that I want to run by you. Something that happened to me yesterday that was really, really dumb. But let's. Okay. But the Straczynski news that you shared. Well, the Straczynski news that came out, and I think it was about a day or two ago, but uh, they announced that at long last, his seminal series Babylon 5 is coming to Blu-ray. Now, there's a little bit of an interesting thing about how Babylon 5 was released. One of the things that happened is they actually shot it, and this uh, obviously this was a series that was coming out in the 1990s. They shot it in a widescreen aspect ratio, or at least shot it with an eye towards that as a way of kind of future-proofing it because they realized that eventually the squared-off 4-3 ratio would not be the standard. Eventually, people would move towards more of a widescreen thing, and they were kind of future-proofing the show. Now – as a result, there are episodes – you can watch uh, episodes of Babylon 5 in a widescreen format. The problem becomes in how they subsequently stored that media, uh, particularly when you start layering in the very early CG elements. Mm-hmm. And long story, cutting out a lot of technical details, the most um, – the best-looking version of the show – that ha- is available to archives is not the widescreen format. It's the squ- it's the squared off four three, so that is actually the version that's coming to Blu-ray because that's the version that is that actually has enough high definition elements that they can justifiably release in a high definition format. Basically, if anybody caught the show on uh, HBO Max before they took it off, uh, it's going to be that transfer of the show, including the initial pilot film, but not some of the, the C 
sequel films as well as the spinoff series Crusade. They will not be included in this box set. But otherwise, it's going to be the Babylon 5 series, which I still haven't finished. But uh, I will be buying the Blu-ray set because it's a fantastic show and I'm only three and a half seasons into it. Yeah, that's that's another blind spot for me, um, and I need to get to it because, like, I'm sure I'm sure it's one of those things that once I kind of get used to, not that the look is dismissive, but you know what I mean. Like, you know, it's place and time, right? And like, mm-hmm. it's almost like going back and watching like the original Star Trek. If you watch it without it being jazzed up, it's like you got to tuck in. Not that it's the same same level of effects, but you know what I mean. Like, it's it was made of the time it was made. Yeah, totally. So, so totally. like, yeah. So I need to get more into that that mindset. But so that's that's good news. Um, good Straczynski news. Um, real quick, this, this, cause I, this happened to be last night. It wouldn't be an episode of invasion without like the dumbest things happening to me possible. I don't know if you saw this picture I posted. If not, um, I was out celebrating a friend's birthday last night at a place that didn't have a kitchen. Um, so you could order food and have it come in. Right. And okay. uh, so I was like, all right, I'm just going to order, I'm going to order a pizza through DoorDash, whatever. No big deal. Um, so, uh, the DoorDash guy shows up. I ordered it from Papa John's one, uh, this Tuscan six cheese. I love it. I just, whatever. Like it's, I, it, I was really looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. DoorDash guy shows up to the, the little lobby. I go to meet him. There's two people trying to walk in, um, as like this guy's handing me this box. So I have witnesses to this. He hands me this box that is that's sealed on the three sides, meaning that somebody at Papa John's sent this out. Right. Yeah. He hands me the box. I'm like, something's not right. I open it in front of him. It's completely empty. What? Completely, utterly empty. And not even like, like people are like, yeah, I've heard people like stealing food from like, like DoorDash orders or whatever. There wasn't a hint of grease. That's what I was going to ask because cheese. I saw the photo you posted and it had a filter over it, but I was trying to see if there was a grease stain oh, on just, there well, suggesting that yeah. there was the evidence of a pizza. I was point. taking the photo and it was a dark, it was a dark bar and I didn't want to like, you know, whatever, but it was like, sure. yeah, it just, but like, I just was like. Like the dude brought in like the the warmer bag, you know, like, so you, like, you can't tell me, like, I understand that I'm not a strong person, but I could definitely tell the weight difference between a full pizza box and an empty one. Certainly. But I was like, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> so the did guy's you like, get your, uh, order refunded. Yeah, I did. But it's like the guy still got his tip, but I'm like, you know, I, you know, here's a tip, like make sure the food's heavy enough when you leave. But yeah, like, um, I just, I could not believe it. But so, it still had it still had the peppers and the dipping sauce. Yes. So somebody put something in there and it was like good to go. I'm hoping that as opposed to somebody like, screw you, you're not getting a pizza. I'm hoping that somebody sealed it up and then they sent them on their way and they just turned around. And they're like, why do we have an extra pizza here? Like I'm hoping it's <laughs> one of those moments where it's like But yeah, it was um I just I mean I understand that like, you know, you live your life and you think like all oh, that only happens to me, but this feels like one of the most me things to have happened. Uh and yeah. Well, of all the Pauls out there, you are the Pauliest. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh no, so when I got the refund, I just went ahead and ordered from Taco Bell and, the, and so when I met that guy in the parking lot, I was like, Are there tacos in there? He's like, What are you talking about? <laughs> like I grabbed Excuse me, it. let me open up the burrito yeah. to make sure yeah. there's actually something inside. Yeah, and I was like, Oh, there's some weight here, and I was expecting it just to be like a collection of like rocks and like gravel and like and be like, oh, okay. I so, got a yeah. rock. <laughs> so anyway, that's nothing to do with comics. I just, I'm exasperated, right? Like, so like just people, and then the people around me are like, you know, if I didn't see you open that box, I would have thought like, you know, you're trying to pull a fast one. I'm like, why would I lie about not getting a pizza? But yeah, anyway, mm-hmm. just it's just a literal empty box. I just couldn't believe it. So uh, Amazing. Anyway, I've been livid. Yeah, well, I was, I was disappointed for sure. I mean, I, cause I mean, at DoorDash, I knew I was going to get 
I was going to get my, my money back for it because they're pretty good about that. But then they're like, leave a review for the store. And I just wrote one star because I couldn't give them zero stars. And I wrote literally an empty box was given to me. Like, so I'm hoping that somebody finds that review and be like, that guy's making up. Like, no, he's not. No. But anyway, so uh, it wouldn't be an episode of Invasion without a weird food or lack thereof story. <laughs> so I just, yeah, exasperated. Just got to put it that way. So anyway, let's, let's just get into uh, Rising Stars. Uh, volume 2. We'll, we'll Heck yeah. 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 All right. I've spent my entire life doing nothing but collecting comic books. And now there's only time to say, life well spent. All right. So if people have not listened to the previous episode or have not read the books, well, one, there's going to be spoilers. Oh, yeah. uh, the, the, tons of spoilers to go back and listen to that episode. Cause we inadvertently kind of did the thing that I know we don't normally do, but we went kind of step by step through things, which I enjoyed. And I kind of feel like this is what we're going to doing again too, in terms of the story being told. And so it's going to spoil a fair, it's going to spoil all of it. Like the, the next, um, the, the middle third of the series. Yeah. And if you don't have a grounding of what the story is, who these characters are, you're going to be very lost. So you might yeah. want to go back and listen to that first rising stars episode. Yeah. Or just read the book, you know, like, cause please go read, read the it. book, please. Yeah, <laughs> yes. So, um, yeah, I mean to do a recap, we're not, I don't know about that, but we know that with the end of the, the first eight issues, there was, um, a group of people called the specials. There's like 130, some of them. Um, and they were, they're the only ones of their kind. They have varying degrees of power levels, but, um, there was corruption and motivations, causing different things going on to where eventually a lot number of them were at a compound being hunted down by the government, which caused all chaos and something called the surge. Yes. Yeah, because yeah. one of the gimmicks with these, these uh, he uh, heroes is they all derive their power from the same source, the meteor that uh, landed on earth that dis dispersed this energy. And one of the key components of this is that energy can neither be destroyed nor created, just redistributed. So if a special dies, all the other specials receive a portion of their power. It's operating under Highlander rules. Yes, and so the quickening hit a lot of them, uh, and like uh, all hell broke loose. And because of that, we now are moving forward to issue nine. And it is raining real badly out, so if people can hear yeah, it's a yeah, downpour, I'm sorry. I apologize. I just, there's only so much I can do to keep that out. So if, if it's too much, I apologize to everybody. I'm trying. My, my goal is always to have clean audio. Maybe not clean content, but clean audio. Um, so I just can't yell at God and be like, can you make it stop? You know? Um, so I could, I could try, but uh, that would be like, an interesting gimmick for a podcast yelling at God. I, I, well, I, well, I have one grievance that involves a pizza or lack thereof from yesterday. <laughs> and then, you know, like anyway, I, I opened the box and then I wrote my 10 commandments on both sides of the cardboard. Right. And that's my, uh, my whatever. So there goes yeah. the thunder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know what's going on. I apologize. Um, and I even had like the windows closed and everything. So it's bad out. So neither here nor there moving 10, 10 years forward episode, episode issue nine choices made. Um, I went through and took some notes of the, like the different artists and things. And unless something changes, I'm not going to get into it. Cause a lot of this was pretty much the same for a bit. Mm -hmm. And then in terms of release schedule and things, and then some of the artists change a little bit too. And I'll talk about that later because um, we end up getting into um, someone of significance in the, the, the second half of our talk. That's going to um, dictate the rest of the series. Nice. Okay, and we'll talk about that too. And we get, get there as I'm, my house is floating away. So, um, <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ. Uh, so yeah, like I, I'm going to put it to you because I know when I told you there's going to be a 10 year gap, you're like, I don't want to know. I don't know anything. Right. And then mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Um, and whenever I talked to you last um, episode that we did about how I felt like this was kind of Watchmen adjacent, in the sense of, I think I was thinking more about this part of this um, issue where it's basically a thing. It's, it's Newsweek. They call it what? Media something. Media Week. Yeah. Media Week. Yeah. With a cover price of five bucks, which I don't remember Newsweek costing that much back in the nineties. Yeah, see, he was ahead of the, ahead of the game. Um, I guess so, because it's he's projected to two thousand twelve. So this is already like ten years That's in the future true. too. Yeah. That's true. Inflation. Yeah, and he also thought physical media'd still be around. I don't know. I know, anyway. right? <laughs> As I'm sitting in an office surrounded by physical media, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, like I, I, I put it to you because I think you kind of dig this type of world building. Very um, much so. So here, I'll, I'll let you go from there with this Media Week uh, uh, expose 10 years later. Yeah, so really, it's it's a rather interesting way to kind of catch the people up. It was a obviously a storytelling decision off of Straczynski to do this 10-year uh, time jump. And I have to remind myself, whenever I have kind of a quibble about the pacing of the story, or particularly how certain things are introduced and then sort of uh, it seemingly rapidly resolved or come to a head faster. I believe in the last episode I called out the fact how quickly we discovered who was behind the death of the first two specials mm -hmm. that I thought it's like, man, I thought that that was going to be something that was me stretched out. I have to continually remind myself that this was not like many other comic books where it was kind of arc to arc, you know, kind of go it out. You have a broad sense of what you're doing, but you know, you, you leave yourself a little bit of room to write these different stories. Different writers come in. This was a conceived story from Straczynski, just like Babylon five. He had this idea for, th for this story to be told in three acts. And so where some of this stuff feels like it's kind of a jump, I have to kind of look at it in terms of, well, what, why is Straczynski taking on this sort of storytelling approach? And with the time jump, and in particular this issue of uh, issue nine, which has this fictitious magazine of Media Week, presenting these stories about essentially how the world has changed over the 10 years of the uh, since the events of the last issue, we're seeing what I think Straczynski is interested in exploring and really becomes kind of the reoccurring theme on um, for this section of the story. Whereas the first story was basically how does how does having powers affect a group of normal people? Here we have how does a group of super powered individuals affect the world? Mm hmm. And I think that by uh, presenting this first part of it, catching us up and, you know, re uh, reacquainting readers with this world and also where they're at now, it really is um, – it, it really does sell sort of the global impact and the societal change very effectively and very efficiently uh, of these now very, very superpowered individuals. Yeah, and it's interesting too because like you, you mentioned, of course, this this is a set story – like oh, there's so much content here that could have been years oh, yeah. of storytelling. Right. And like, um, and the fact that he chooses to be like, nah, I'm just going to take, I'm going to take the bits that are, um, if you, if you blink and miss it, you know, you may not pay attention. Like there's things that are mentioned here in terms of like, uh, what, uh, we got Jerry, who was Pyre, who was like one of the, one of the three that were responsible being, um, used by the government to cause this attack on the compound, right? Like, you know, mm -hmm. but he was mainly considered a villain, but now he's just basically like in Vegas being a uh, heavy, 
right? Enforcing yeah. things. And it's like, and everyone's like, well, I'm glad he's with us, not against us, you know? Like, and there's a lot of this too, where it's more like, we honestly, we, we can't stop these people. So we just kind of have to let them exist. And I'm like that, that to me is such a fascinating idea that I don't know as much as we talked about in the previous episode about how, like, whenever people approach Krasinski about making this into like a TV series, he's like, well, there's other stuff that's come after this. Mm-hmm. I don't know about this idea of just like, well, they're here. You know, well, like it, 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 I was thinking the same thing about, again, the idea that people have subconsciously or consciously ripped off Straczynski. And curiously enough, that particular theme, the idea of if you had a superpowered individual existing in the world and had no interest in being like a superhero traditional, just wanted to be exactly what could the, the government do to them? This is, these are ideas that I've thrown out, uh, you know, um, and uh, explored kind of in my on my own. The notion of if you had somebody as powerful as Superman, just exactly what could people do to him? I mm-hmm. mean, he could do whatever the hell he wanted. Oh, and, that's, and I suppose, a, a hit, uh, what was that, that Hancock film played with uh, comparable themes? Yeah, and then also like the idea of what Red Sun, where it's like, well, mm-hmm. what if he landed elsewhere? Like, you know, sure. like it's all about the ideology, and it's like, and and also like the boys deals with it too. It's like you know, Homelander. It's like, like what's going to happen whenever he decides he's done with America? You know, like, yeah. and it's like there, there's a lot of that too. But in terms of like that, that's one thing of like living in the sh- the, the the shadow of fear of of, of 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 these you know specials. But there's also a certain amount of like, there's like a there's a part here in this, this article that's written where like society has kind of just accepted that it's like, this is something we're going to have to deal with. And also there's also this notion too, of like, we've never seen something like this before and we're never going to see something like this again. Mm-hmm. So like we're in this weird generation of like, of, of wonders. And then once they're gone, we're going to wonder what happened and what went wrong. But you know, yeah, like, cause as they pointed out, the, whatever makes them special it's there's not a genetic component into them these yeah. these people have had children and their children are not superpowered so there is a fu- there is a ticking clock on the specials life on earth as it has been presented what the world at large doesn't really realize is there's literally a ticking clock on their power as well mm-hmm. so the more they extend their power the less there is to go around unless they just start uh, killing each other again yeah which we'll get to <laughs> we'll, we'll certainly <laughs> but, I, but, but I also, I also yeah, appreciate the fact, you know, they, they do mention that, you know, if a special kind of goes rogue, the only people that can really respond to it are other specials. But as they point out, and it's, a, again, kind of a reoccurring theme on this, unlike other groups of superheroes, whether they be Marvel, whether they be DC, what draws these people together is the fact they were literally raised with each other. They know they've known each other since childhood. They may not be all friends with each other, but there is a kinship that is shared by these specials. So when one steps out of line, yeah, another one might show up to confront him, but he's not going to kill him. And you can't re- exactly put him in prison. And I love the fact that they'll just drop them off in various places on Earth. Like, here, we're going to put you in a- Antarctica. The cold won't kill you. And hopefully by the time you wander back to America, you will have calmed down a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's like, what do you do with the Hulk? Right. It's yeah. like, it's like, but what if you, what do you do with like what, 100 Hulks, you know, in a lot of ways. Right. Like, so I like that. Cause it's also like, well, we can't just put them in a regular cell. Cause they're just going to bust out. It's like, there's that notion. It's like, well, they gotta, you know, they gotta take a piss. Like, what are you going to do? Like, you know, like yep. it's this whole thing. And it's like, also you can't burden the other specials just to sit there and babysit. Like, uh, it's just, I get that too. Like there's, 
like, so that's interesting. I also like the idea that 10 years on the narrative of what happened at the surge, um, has gotten twisted. Oh yeah. Right? Or, or not, maybe not twisted, but, um, maybe, um, the whole story is either have been told and ignored or, um, things have been conflicted and we have, we have Randy Fisk at an undisclosed location drinking coffee, telling everybody like, Hey, I know what happened, but no one's listening to me. Yeah. And it's, it's again, uh, it was, it felt very much like Straczynski was writing to the sensibilities of the time. I mean, they make a deliberate evocation of Waco, the notion of the government stepping in and overreacting and causing the death of many civilians. This is something that it was in the zeitgeist, something that was in the the public consciousness. Now, subsequent history has revealed that, um, yeah, there was a lot of bad people in Waco, and the government may not have been as responsible for the deaths as some, but that also could be part of the government spin. This this is he's engaging with things that would have been very, very from intimately familiar with the audience at this time. And also considering like this was written in a pre nine 11 society, right? Like yep. there's a lot of here that's like, Oh gosh, like there's the bit too, where the government's like, Oh, what, what people were saying was actual gunfire early was just uh flashes off of the, like the, the scopes sunspots. I'm just like, God like damn that. it. Like I just like that, that type of double speak, which I know that he, I understand why he's writing it, but it's just, it's just like, we live in a world full of even much more disinformation. Let like, and it's like, yeah, yeah. Cause I mean, like not to get dark, but it's like all the excuses for the Uvalde, like lack of action. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Anyway, but like, yeah, uh, Fisk has an ax to grind rightfully so, but there's also like something else that's brought in that, um, now that like, like that, the, um, the, the fear that was boiled, like uh, that was building up by the government and like people at large, because it's like, these people have abilities. We don't like what's going to happen if something turns sideways. We find out that like, what was it? Um, Chandra is no longer a model. Like she, you yep. know, she, yeah. And then we also have, uh, the one lady who sings no longer does concerts. Like Randy's had to go underground and sell his art. And every time somebody buys it, like the government comes in and takes the money, which I like, that's the Batman story I want. Where right. it's just him being like trying to still make his money and still but independently fight crime. I, that's the Batman story I really really want. But yep. yeah, like the the specials outside of like uh, like Patriot, uh, Bright, and like a handful of others. Like for the most part, they're on like they've they've went underground or they're on the run or they've stepped outside as they refer to it. Right, like they're just gonna exist. Don't bother them. They mentioned something that happened in Atlanta briefly, which they didn't really get it like something during a baseball game or the world series, but they don't go to the specifics about what occurred, which I think is interesting that there is an event that happened there that was very devastating, but they don't, they don't make it quite clear what occurred, which I yeah. think, you know, so that's, that's interesting too. And then also the thing where there's a group of them that meet, what was it? Um, what was it? The place in San Francisco, the observatory, um, uh, Griffith park, Griffith park, right. Where it's like more like, Hey, um, we're good. Don't come near us. We're going to have a, a cookout. Leave us alone. <laughs> like, <Yep. laughs> now, one of, and of course, one of the things they also uh, mentioned picking up from the last issue is following up with our new seemingly villain of the piece. One Miss Stephanie Mass, otherwise known as Critical Mass, who has uh, taken over Chicago. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, and she's basically turned Chicago into a complete no man's land. And if there is one thing that I think could have perhaps used a little bit of expansion of is just like 
how does one hold on to a city for like 10 years? And what the hell was she doing in that in Chicago for 10 years? Well, like the, the like there's that brief statement where like one of the locals was like she came in and with like they said with like within minutes, mm-hmm. she destroyed all the in, like ways in and out. Like, yep. you know, it's like, yeah. And then they even mentioned like we've tried and things things don't go so well. But we also find out that she has another ability that is key to some of the storytelling later. Right. Which does, which then, yeah, which then also brings up to the fact, because we, as the story goes along, we find out what her agenda is yeah, and we find out the significance of her, but it does bring, bring to mind a question. Why the hell did she wait 10 years? Well, yeah. I mean, it's, well, I mean, we could debate that a little bit later, but like, I also like, um, there's a couple specials that decide to leave the country. Like the one goes to Cleveland and wants to eat for free, you know, whatever. It's mm-hmm. fine. You know, like, uh, and then also there's like that one club in San Francisco that caters to specials. Like I get that too. And there's also like the hero worship of like Patriot where you see yep. people dre- or I dressed up as bright. Like I get, it's and like, there's a Raven shadow in the back. There's yeah, even no, you're right. dressed up as poets. That's which is a deep cut. <laughs> <laughs> but he has a fist in the air. Like I just noticed that. That's funny. Um, yeah, it's funny. Um, yeah, I, I would, um, cosplay as that, the gas station guy that died that I'm um, just like, Oh, started, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> just, I mean, I wouldn't put the bag over my head. That'd be bad. But anyway, so, but, um, but I also like <laughs> that. Before taste. <laughs> Too soon. Ten years later, too soon. Um, but like, but then we also have uh, Reverend William Kane, you know, the bastard. Which I even like the the photo. So the photo, quote unquote, photo in this this ish. It's like, could you take a more mean looking? Like I'm the evil villain guy, right? Like, please note glare, right? Um, yep. Please note penguins. But that yeah, was an editorial like, choice on the behalf of Media Week. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> so like, um, but yeah, he he's like, you could tell he's gaslighting everybody. Like it's so yeah. There there's there's stuff here. It's setting the stage of like where where are we at 10 years on but then the one thing i do like is that the the article caused in the calls in the question of like um you know what was it um and what of the specials themselves who paid a price of their own at least 11 of them one tenth of their total number are dead and any group of childhood friends how rare is it that one or two of them are murdered here however the specials can point to all 11 dead um, and, and how they were murdered and most by the society. Here's the, what's the rest of the quote around them. So, but there's the whole thing about, it talks about potential. Like yeah. these people have gifts that are unknowable. Like, like what, like basically is like the wasted potential that that's what this is thing is like, you know, things to come right. There's, um, here, here it is. There's the quote. I'm sorry. I read the wrong part of the comic book the funny book out loud. <laughs> the question that we and they must one day face is this, what was done in their presence? What have we and they brought to the table of human existence to justify our time on earth? Has the mishandling of the specials crisis turned this into a, something worse than a national nightmare? Has it been a catalog of missed opportunities? Time will tell. Like, yeah. And then we get a full page spread for Nexus Corp with Patriot looking off in the distance, <laughs> which right. was a lovely touch. <sighs> yeah. I, 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 but regardless, that design is still great. I love it. So, oh, yeah. so then, yeah. So then the rest of the issue, uh, the rest of the issue, the rest of this, well, this issue, that's the issue in the issue, a flashback and a flashback, like, um, ghosts of Mars. I talked about last week with, um, that the double ball at the devil's ball guys, how that was a flashback and a flashback of a flashback. Anyway. Yep. <laughs> anyway. So, Nested flashbacks. Ugh. Yeah. It was like R- R- Rashomon, but like not great. Like, <laughs> Again, I, 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 I know I, yes. I, I haven't listened to the episode, so I don't know if you guys evoked what I is guaranteed in my opinion the surefire uh, fix for Ghosts of Mars. You swap Jason Statham and Ice Cube. Okay, you hey, have okay. them play each other's characters, and that movie becomes like fifteen percent better. Fifteen. Like, I, okay, I don't know if it, I don't know if it fixes the movie. It does make it better. Also, like 
just, yeah. Anyway, like there's some other things in there too. They get like, but yes, I would, the, at least, I think at least Statham knows what movies he's in and Ice Cube would like, yeah, just, yeah. Yeah. Statham knows how to do that correct level of I'm a badass, but this is also kind of a parody. Yes. And I, yeah, I just, I just, I think Ice Cube is capable of things, not in that movie, but anyway, no. move, yeah. anyway, yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so we got, we got, um, we got John, uh, poet, right? I, I yep. just, like, I just, I, as much as I love the series, some of the names of people, like it's going to get a little weird. So I apologize. Well, it it yeah. doesn't help that you have John, Jacob, Jerry, and Joshua. Yeah. And Jason. And it doesn't help that like, <laughs> and we're going to find out reasons being why some characters look similar to each other. Yeah. Like, so, but we have, we have a uh, poet like with this guilt, right? Like of like being like, I should have done better. I, I like what's going on. But then Randy shows up to be like, Hey, you Randy. know, Randy, we, he's like, you know, <laughs> basically like it's been 10 years. Like yeah, it took a while for me to find you. Cause he's now back in, was it Peterson, Illinois, right? Like, yep. Like, yeah. He's returned home. Um, yeah. and as we find out, he's, uh, back at, in Peterson with the doc. Yeah, which is like the like the only decent human being that any of them, like, I mean, non-special human being they've ever known, honestly, yeah. right? Like, which again, you like maybe maybe it's the Stranger Things in me, like you know, in terms of like, there's always like that creepy medical guy that like a fire starter or whatever, right? Like, he's the one guy that actually legitimately was like for the greater good. You know, and well, it's yeah, like, and, you know, and again, he he essentially raised these kids. He didn't meet them as a, as adults. He met them as children, and so he got to see them grow up. Yeah. So, yeah, it make it would make sense that he would develop a degree of empathy towards them. And I and I like that that was never an ulterior motive no. type of thing. And it's like that that to me, as much as this book is like older, that's refreshing. Cause they're all Very you, much so. because there's a lot of ulterior motives going in this and we'll get to the government part of it. Cause you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but basically like we find out because like John's been taking care of like, you know, the, the doctor who's been like overseeing them and then he feels guilty for everything going on. Um, so at that point, then we get, um, Randy being like, you know what we can, we can clear the ledger, right? We like, there's a lot of red in the ledger to quote, like, you know, uh, you know, black widow, right. Let's take Chicago back. Let's exactly. clear it out. And I, and I, and I got promises from the government that this is going to be different this time. And we can trust the government. <laughs> yeah. It, like they, they, they have, um, the picture on the, the file is, uh, Charlie Brown running towards that football. And he's like, it's mm -hmm. good. It's good this time. It's good. We're good. We're going to kick the football. Right. Yep. And, so Raven you know. shadow has assembled a uh, strike force that includes, uh, Chandra, mm -hmm. uh, even though she's, she's not nearly as powerful as say, uh, J John and Randy, but she still wants to get involved as well as some of the other specials that are more on the run and want to kind of take this opportunity from the government to clear that ledger, as you said, by taking down critical mass. Yeah, I do like this is the one panel where uh, Randy can't help himself but like do a flip. Yeah. And it's like he has to constantly do like a Batman shit or like whatever. He's like, ah, oh, look at me. I'm cool. Right. Whatever. Well, I mean, if yeah. you had the ability to just casually walk up a wall and do a flip, wouldn't you just be doing it constantly? Yeah, I would. I mean, to be fair, right? Like, yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like anytime there's a group shot with Spider-Man involved. He's never standing around like a normal human being. He's always like hanging upside down like a goon. Yeah, right. So then, so that it takes a minute for um, for a poet to get on board. However, it's because he's talking to the doctor, 
uh, and he's and they're like basically he's like you've been a father figure. He's like yeah. He's like but the one thing he's like my one error is that I raised you to be separated from them because I thought you basically he's like you're the kill switch for everybody. Mm-hmm. But he's like I should have realized that that wasn't the right way. It should have been more like you should have been like you know the mediator, right? The one that was protecting everybody. And he's like I approached this the wrong way. Exactly. And and, and so then so then um, John takes that to heart. And then like, he's like, we're going to go try to fix this, you know? And cause the, cause the doctor is like, I knew you guys were capable of like being bigger in terms of you all have, you all have powers, but you're meant for more than just like the like comic book shit. Exactly. You know? like, or just living normal lives. Yeah. Like you have the burden, but you also have the strength to be bigger, better than right. So, yep. yeah. So then they just, they decide that they're going to go to Chicago. However, one of the agents that was like giving some Intel, um, ended up like, uh, in Chicago against his will. And, uh, Stephanie found out what was going on and, uh, yeah. And I like that she never changed her, uh, her get up for 10 years. Yep. 10 years. She's still rocking the tube top and the, uh, visible thong. Yeah, Again, the, the very, yeah, very Lita yeah. look. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The Lita. Yeah. She's the Lita, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, still- and it also seems to be suggested, um, uh, that she planted the information to begin with as a way to lure them to Chicago. Yeah. Cause I mean, well, she has her reasons too, right? She does but, indeed. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, there we go. So, uh, issue 10 is also mentioned that, um, critical mass is not alone in Chicago. She's gathered a group of kind of like-minded specials to help her hold the city. It's very much like the stand where you had a Boulder versus Vegas. Oh, it's totally like the stand. Yeah, right. <laughs> down, down to how it ends. Spoiler. Yeah, spoiler. Right. So, oh, I forgot to mention. Uh, uh, issue nine was August two thousand, and let me go back up to my timeline because I just want people to understand because we talk about the um, the release schedule of mm-hmm. this uh, issue eight, uh, which we talked about the last issue last episode was June of two thousand. This was August uh, two thousand, so not bad, right? No, no, um, I would have. I would have actually expected them to. <laughs> take a little bit more time like, like off 10 years later yeah <laughs> not 10 years literally so God, could you imagine if you actually took 10 years gaps between them so it would have been 1999 2019 and then 2029 oh, <laughs> to tell these stories if i'd it, still be waiting but i'd be waiting like just with bated breath right like um there there is a significant gap later and we'll talk, yeah. but it's like, like the thing I was looking up the timelines and like, I, I, I remember why I was really frustrated because like, it was like three, two or three years between issues, like 23 and 24. Mm-hmm. Like it, anyway, we'll get there when we get there next, like next month. Right. When we talk about that, but yeah. Um, so yeah, so this was, um, so August, 2000, the last issue and then, uh, issue 10 reversal fortune, October, 2000. So it looks like they're kind of following like a two month. Um, like release schedule, which that's honestly not that bad, especially if you already have a set number of like stories you want to tell. I get it. Yeah. But the, at this time though, that probably still felt significant. Right. So and I told yeah, I you mean, that, uh, yeah, it's not as bad as some image books, <laughs> <laughs> even some top cow books. Yeah. So like, um, so even like I told you, like I came into this after buying the first two trades. So I didn't realize the delays of those first two, like of this section as well. I felt it later though. We'll get there when we get there. But, um, mm-hmm. so yeah, so issue 10 reversal of fortune, uh, in terms of like, um, uh, the, everybody that we know is already in, in terms of like creative people, artists, inkers, we know all of them already. Um, there's a character, Kathy, we talked about, um, yep. we, there was a single issue focused on her. Um, I'm like, did you, did you wonder if she would come back into the story? 
I assumed she was going to have some sort of role to play, especially since, as it was revealed in her standalone issue, that she could resurrect people. I was like, okay, that is too much of an interesting and useful ability for it not to to uh, come in s- somewhere down the line. Yeah, I mean, this is like your typical RPG four person party, right? Like, you got to have the white mage that yeah, can exactly. uh, resurrect, right? <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, like, but we find her in a really bad spot because. Uh, um, somebody <clears throat> critical mass, uh, decided to uh, kidnap her against her will. I also like that, like looking at the artwork, they like, no matter it's been 10 years and they, she still has the same haircut. So as much as she's under duress, you know what? There's a stylist somewhere in Chicago that's been uh, hired to uh, take care of people's hair. Yeah, that is that is one thing about it is that uh, we talked about that with critical mass. Yeah. Very few of the characters actually look like they've aged 10 years. Yeah. I mean, I think Poet occasionally is shown having a slightly larger uh, white streak in his hair, but that's about it. Yeah, but also that's implied like these people are super powered. So like as much as they, that article said that like we're seeing wrinkles and things, we don't know how long they can live. Right. True. That's fair. I mean, that, that, that is an element of it. But, but, but her hairstyle seems somewhat though. contradictory because they literally do say it's like, yeah, some of them are balding. Some of them are. And the fact that they keep kind of rehitting that, yes, they have these powers. But they're still just people. But, you know, some of this can be attributed to the artist. You know, not everybody can reflect that kind of aging. And plus, they keep changing artists. So, yeah, which we'll talk about. Yeah, in a little bit. But yeah, anyway, I thought it was funny that it's like, hey, Kathy, you're held against your will and you're fed gruel. But we also want to make sure that you got that nice, uh, like almost Bob haircut this entire time. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but yeah, it's a nice visual marker that we know that she's like, we know it's her. And like, and now basically because she has the power to resurrect, we're finding out, well, sorry, it's, it's hidden right now that not only can she resurrect, she can just reanimate like, Mm -hmm. and that's, that's a much darker thing that's going on. And then we also, they'll run into, um, oh, uh, sanctuary, um, who, what's his name? It is, oh, I was Joshua, wasn't it? Yeah. Joshua Kane, right. Kane, right. Important. We've never met a name that we doesn't resemble the Bible. Right. So yeah. And, but also like, um, his father's like, you know, like goading him, but he, you can tell that like, he is, um, starting to think for himself a little bit more. I mean, not that he didn't think for himself before, but there's something, there's something stewing right after 10 years of him helping for the betrayal at what happened at that compound during the surge. So, um, so we get, uh, we get Randy and company, we get Randy poet and company, and then other, some other unnamed specials that we just, we never see their faces in <laughs> very much other than they're all, they're all white and it's appropriate. Cause I guess it's Illinois. I don't know when they, whenever the, the media hit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and if anybody is saying is, it's just like, uh, that there's not a whole lot of racial diversity. Well, go to a small town in Illinois. <laughs> You know, yeah, yeah, right. So, so, but they're like they're meeting outside Chicago, and it's like this is like they're going to d- discuss strategy, um, and that's whenever uh, Randy, aka Raven Shadow, uh, reveals that he brought in uh, Joshua uh, Sanctuary to help out, and yeah. that's when uh, poets like, nah, I'm, I want to kill you, rightfully so. Right? Well, and that's again, we've been. And it's one of the things that I talked about in the first uh, run of these issues. I love how our expectations about some of the characters are subverted. And mm-hmm. I had called out Joshua insofar that he was originally presented as being the, you know, the religious, the religious conservative superhero. It's like, oh, he's going to be a bad guy. 
but there's something more going on. And you and, had your suspicions, and I didn't want to tell you what they were. And yeah, I, and my suspicions were wrong. I'm glad they, to. I'm glad that there, by was, half. A, there was an element of subversion. Yeah, there, uh, there, Straczynski yeah. anticipated and went a different way. Yeah, I, I'd say by half. I mean, you're on the right trail, but not not exactly there. And I didn't want to. Ruin well, we don't that. know. Yeah, exactly. we, we don't. Yeah, but it's whatever. But but the whole thing is like the the two things we find out is that one, he wants to help because he feels bad for what happened, rightfully so. He also doesn't much care for his father, rightfully so. And then, like, the fact that, like, Randy is, like, speaking up for him, that keeps John at bay, barely, right? But then the other fun, if not fun thing, but interesting um, detail is that supposedly after this post-surge, he's the one special that didn't get a power increase, Yep, and with Raven Shadow suggesting that it might be due, there might be a psychological like a self confidence thing, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 If, if you do not believe yourself worthy of the power, or there's something else that's uh, coming at play, it won't manifest. And we we see this kind of reflected later on with another character that shows up. Well, yeah, but we even get that with um, like uh, with uh, Critical Mass. Sure. Like, yeah, because like like her her flip side Stephanie never had powers, right? Yep. So that's that. So we get the whole thing is like. If you don't think you're capable, right? We're getting into some Michael Crichton sphere shit here, right? If you if you wish it away, it never it never occurs, right? <laughs> no, it's, it's, it is, I, I appreciate the fact that it is Straczynski not only playing with you know quantum mechanics, but also always focusing upon the people. Yeah, that even with the powers, it is it is very much focused upon these human beings and their internal lives. Yeah. You know, it's it's not as deep and as complex a dive as some people would perhaps go into because at the end of the day it's still an a-, a superhero action comic. But it is reflective of a bit more depth than what would normally be seen in what I believe Garth Ennis has derivatively referred to as cape shit. Yeah, that's fair, but there's a little bit of like the um, the Spider-Man self-doubt thing going mm-hmm. on here with him, uh, and that's that you know, or like, uh, yeah, just it's like that's fine because it's also a certain amount of like, like I don't think I'm powerful, so I'm I'm not powerful, which I know it's we're getting into, but it's like he also there's a lot of guilt and shame, right? Very much so, so like, and so like, why would you flex if you don't think that you're capable of or don't deserve it, right? So like, I get that. But then the whole thing, there's supposed to be a four-person scout team going into Chicago because the whole thing, too, we find out for the 10 years is like some people have escaped. For the most part, no one has. And also like no one's gotten in. So like this has been like, you know, a whole thing where they said like, like I, I'd like to see like a one-off issue of the military trying to get in and just seeing like all the, right. like, you know, I'd like to have like, like a visual comic of just the Benny Hill theme playing the entire time of the military trying to get into Chicago uh, with everything. But we find out like, cause they even mentioned that I love the foreshadowing of like, it's like, well, what's keeping people in? We're going to find out in a second, but the whole thing is it's supposed to be a four person strike, tre- strike team of a uh, poet, Raven shadow, Chandra and um, sanctuary going in to kind of get the lay of the land, figure out where uh, critical mass is um, and then get back out and tell the rest of the specials waiting so they can they can call the cavalry. That's the whole yep. goal, right? So then they go in, and then they realize like, oh, there's other things going on here. Which I'm hoping that you really dug that this this middle third of this this book becomes the most comic book part of it. Oh, totally. Um, and in a lot of fun ways that I wasn't expecting the first time through. And I'm hoping with what you saw as the um, the defense perimeter and what was being made. It's right up your alley. I, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, because it's it's revealed that 
lurking on the outskirts of Chicago are these gestalt Frankenstein monstrosities that are constructed of equal parts humans and animal things. And that's why Kathy was involved. That basically Mass has been sewing together uh, corpses creating these monsters and then having Kathy resurrect them and then she just puts them on the border of Chicago. It's like, yeah, kill anybody who tries to leave. Yeah, and, even, and then we get to have yeah. a huge superhero fight. But there's one that looks like it looks like a werewolf, but it has it looks like it has an engine block in the middle of it. Like it's yep. really weird. I like that, but I also like that. What was it? Um, like there's a point where like Chandra's like fighting somebody because she's like, yeah, I can't fly, but I'm strong. I'm like rightfully so, right? Like uh, I get it, you know. Uh, but there's a bit where like Raven Shadow's fighting one of them. He's like, just a sec. He's like, the name's Raven Shadow. Glad to meet you. Then he says, uh, speaking as an artist, you're an interesting design. Sort of a was it Picasso meets a patchwork quilt. <laughs> Like, I like that Um, even the middle of him, like, you could just tell he's in his wheelhouse of, like, I get to fight Man-Bat over and over again. We're good. We're good. You know, like. Yep. <laughs> but then but then we cut to uh, the cell where Kathy's being kept and uh, uh, Critical Mass is like, uh, resurrect this or uh, the next thing I want to have you resurrect is whatever I want to make and your leg. Because all I got to yeah. do is got to leave you a torso and an arm and a That's hand. That's it. And it's like, God damn, right? Like that is, um, that is horrific, right? Like knowing that, like, I'm letting you exist to do your thing, but I could just tear you apart and then force you in your power and just leave you one hand. Like that is a dark thought. Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah, but yeah, but basically she's been, uh, she's left Kathy to like make all the flying monkeys from the Wizard of Oz to be the perimeter uh, defense. Right. So yep. Yeah. And then after that, we see the our main four heroes split up to kind of uh, go throughout Chicago, see if they could find critical mass, and bad things start happening. Raven Shadow gets ambushed and gets gassed, that knocks him out, and then critical mass decides, well, the most powerful one is Poet, and apparently he can take he could take on any of us one on one. Hell, he could probably take on you know two or three of us. Let's send a dozen after him yeah. and then see how well he does. Well, so the, the two things to mention before that is one. One, Chandra and, and Sanctuary are by themselves, and he looks off to the left at something, and he just disappears. We'll get to that mm-hmm. later. And then also, there's the brief bit, too, where um, we see in the shadows somebody watching that is well-dressed in a suit. Uh, um, yes, yes. Yes. That's worthy of importance, because I think, I, I, like, in terms of, like, story threads, which I'm sure you expected there be a payoff, there's a great payoff. And there I like is. I like the whole thing of like everybody gets one, <laughs> and that's it. Like, <laughs> but I also like the Raven Shadow thing. It's like ah, oh, gas. I didn't bring my I didn't bring my Raven Shadow gas mask. Whatever, right? Like um, yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. His Raven mask. His Raven mask. You know, and I, I only brought my Raven bat re- like shark repellent. Anyway. Which is funny because he did have a mask in earlier issues, but it's like at a certain point he decided to become slightly less goth. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, right. So, so then, well, uh, you know, you age. Yeah, you're out of your goth face. But then, so not only was it supposed to be like one or two possibly could take out poets, like, what if we bring like five people, which we never really learn who they are, but I love that splash page of like all the powers. It's a cool looking, it's, I, one of my, one of my frustrations going forward, but I will say this with the caveat of I really appreciate the artist later. I appreciate this and the earlier artwork. I think those are both more dynamic mm-hmm. versus later on what we get. The, it, it's a personal preference. I get it, but I dig this. Like this is like the full on brawl where like poet can do everything. And then he gets the shit beat out of him by like, I don't know, 
Unna- the UFOs or whoever they are, right? Like, yeah, just, I mean, you how know, many were there? One, two, three, four, five, six, like something like of, that, right? Eight of them all going at him at once. Yeah, and it's like, it, it, like, and I like the fact that Straczynski's like, yeah, just make one of them minty fresh, and then one of them like a fire guy, <laughs> and make one of them like fire Wolverine and whatever, and then make one of them like with big hands and spikes, whatever. Like that, like I'm sure the artist that was doing this was like, I get to have fun and just like, like you know, whatever. I get to go to the circus and make all the all the freaks right so mm-hmm. but yeah but like so here's one caveat i'll say poet's dead for being like probably the most powerful of all of them why wasn't there like a moment of like all of them being like oh shit like he's yeah dead. that is one that is one potential story hole in this because i mean obviously you see where this is going this issue uh, ends with poet dying however yeah. it also opens up with the realization that we've brought back the people that can bring people back from the dead so everybody's like okay he's not staying dead However, as you said, there is this whole thing that when one of them dies, their power gets redistributed. Mm-hmm. So there should have been a tremendous surge in everybody's power because, as you, as we said, Poet is the strongest out of all of them. Yeah. But it would, it would have been interesting really to watch them like, with that. Yeah, basically either like – um, like freak out because they can't control themselves or like, I don't know, like, like a RoboCop two like nuke situation where they're just kind of like, they're like, they've overcome because of like this font, you know, of, of energy. Right. But whatever, like everything else about this is wonderful. So I, that is, that is a, it's not a nitpick. It's a, um, it's a, uh, a double nitpick, but like, it's not the biggest of things, but yeah, it is. It's a fake out. I fair enough. It's yeah. the, it's it's the one thing in this where I don't think really rings true, but whatever. The rest of it's great, so I'm I'm gonna skip right past that into issue eleven, uh, called "What Goes Around," which was released uh, in November two thousand, which is the next month. <laughs> like so, good on them. They they were they were keeping on track, right? Um, so yeah, we got poet dead, and then we um, we meet a character that um, we thought was gone, but not really. That's I think mm-hmm. that's the one you were mentioning earlier. Yep, William. Yes. Uh, now William was one of was one that way way back in the early issues they were talking about the various powers and power levels of the characters, and they had made mention of a kid named Willie, who could only fly a couple feet off the ground, and then all of a sudden he just one day flew up into the sky and never came back, and it was presumed that you know he must have died. Nobody ever saw him again. However, as we it gets revealed into this one. He was friends with Poet back in the day. And two, he didn't die. He flew away as uh, and decided to live a normal life away from all, all the other specials, away from anybody who knew who he was. And he just happened to uh, <laughs> create a life for himself in Chicago. So when Critical Mass took over, he still stayed underground and actually did his best to kind of help out people in the city. And mm-hmm. he was responsible for getting people out of that out of there. But uh, he is now he- here to repay poets for his kindness um, that he showed him as a child by taking him to Kathy. I, I like that, like the whole thing where like William also had like a little bit of a stutter. Yep. And then like poets like, well, it was like, what's wrong with the way you talk? And then like, he's like, nothing. He's like, damn straight. Damn it's straight. Like, it's a wonderful segment. Right. Like I thought that was great. Poet was a cool kid. Yeah. So then, so then he's like, yeah, like, like we're going to like, basically then also there's a point where, what was it? Did he pull, um, oh, he pulled Jason down. Like, right, Poet pulled Jason down. And was about to yeah, show when they him. were yeah. kids, yeah. Uh, Jason was was giving uh, Willie, now known as William, a very hard time. Yeah. And um, 
and Poet basically says, no, you're not going to pick on him. And there was that early hint of, you know, Jason, because it, again, everybody thought that Poet's powers were just basic energy manipulation, almost Jubilee style stuff. Yes. Whereas Poet's ready to throw down because he, he knows what his powers is. The doc's been training him at this point to use them against the other specials, but the doc intervenes. Mm-hmm. So I also like that. Um, what was it? Um, whenever he sees uh, Willie fly up in the sky, he's like, "Keep going, you know, live, live free." Like I thought that was a wonderful beat, right? To come back to it. So then mm-hmm. he sees that uh, poet's dead, and he's like, "Well, you know, I know, I know a person. I, I know, I know, I know a person that could do a thing, right?" Yeah. Um, and then like you know, that, we go, we find where Kathy's at, and she's being fed uh, just scraps. I don't know, but like just also like she's wear- is she wearing the same outfit from her date that ten years ago? Anyway, it's just um, but yeah, anyway. it looks similar. <laughs> I, I was kind of hoping that there was going to be a callback towards the 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 IT guy she was having a date with. You yeah, know, that maybe what they'd it, gotten married. But what, what, what have been alas. great? Like there was like a really tiny skeleton in the corner that was. <laughs> <laughs> Except she would have been able to resurrect him, right? I mean, yeah, but it would like, you know, you're right, you know, like, but like we would have found out that like she kept resurrecting him and they kept killing him. <laughs> like that would have been, <laughs> See, oh gosh. If, again, if Garth Annis was writing this book, that would have been a plot point. Yeah, they just, I just, yeah, they would have like dismembered him and like put his, they would have done like his feet for his arms and his arms for his feet, like, like Chevy Chase and Community where he could like, anyway, the, and they put his butt on his front. Like it, just, it would have been really bad anyway. So, yeah. So then uh, Willie like goes and finds um, the cell where she's at, busts her out. He's like, it's William. Badass moment. My gosh. Right? Like, I don't like as much as like, being a superhero and wearing like a super suit. I don't know. Wearing like a well-tailored like shirt and tie and like a suit jacket and just like breaking shit. Cool. Yeah. I'm down with that. Right? So he, he gets her free and then he's like, I got, I, you, you need to go help like this person. And that's when there were other specials that are unnamed and they also have guns. And then well, uh, those yeah. seemed like they were kind of people like well, some uh, of them normal. Some of them were also like, there's a couple specials, a couple like combat troops, right? Like that were yep. like, but there's a whole thing about being like fascist being bullet. Like that's an amazing seg- segment where he's like, we're not right. And so she gets clipped and um, yeah, not great. Let's put it that way. No, no. <laughs> Thus, but of course, setting up what we knew was going to happen again from the last episode. But with the last of her strength, her reaching out to resurrect Poet, which is done in, a, of course, a blinding flash of light. And then a full panel of Poet just pissed off as all hell. And all he says is die. die. And yeah. then he proceeds to murk everybody. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. Like, I will say this too. Like, thankfully, we're at this point in terms of comics. I mean, this is like 20 years ago that you could tell the digital coloring going on. Like, mm-hmm. so I feel like this hasn't, this hasn't, hasn't aged like terribly, right? Like it is, it shows the, the, like, uh, you know, the, the full force of what he can do. Right. It isn't like the, like the, the Jack Kirby, like energy spheres or whatever, which, which is great too. Don't get me wrong. Right. But like the, the, the digital coloring of this still holds up and he lays waste. And then I like the idea that that William's like, okay, we good. We should go. And then he's like, um, and then he goes, and then before they talk about what's happening next, that's when we get poet, like taking Kathy, the one that didn't ask for this, right. Takes her to the sky and just, you know, basically, you know, feels bad for her, rightfully so, and just obliterates her because, you know, no one else is going to understand. 
It's a very well, she she literally gets turned into stars. Yes. And it's it's a beautiful moment. But then I like that like um like William's like, Yeah, what's your next move? He's like, um he's like, uh, ah, you know, like uh, well, well, actually, there's the whole thing. It's like, we take the fight to them, right? Like, here now, forever, finish this. But I like that going into issue 12. Let's see if I have any notes from issue 12. Uh, a, B, C, and D is the title. It was released uh, January 2001. So, they, they, two months, you know. We'll give Not them too bad. Not too bad. Uh, but I like that William's like, nah, I'm good. And we never see him again. <laughs> like, that's it. Like, I'm out. Like, I was here to help you. And that's it. You know, <laughs> like, I like it. Uh, I think that's wonderful that he's like, I'm here to serve a purpose. I did not my fight. I owed you big time. I'm gone. I thought that was like, I thought that was a cool move. Right. Like, which is again, true, true to some people. It's just like, man, I'm, I didn't sign up to be in a war. You know, I owed you one yeah. We're square. Let's move on. <laughs> right. And then we don't see William again to my, I, I, I have not reread the last eight issues, but to my knowledge, for all intents and purposes, we don't see him again. I don't. I could be wrong, right? But then, so we have Raven Shadow um, compromised, right? We have, uh, we have um, Sanctuary missing. Uh, but then, so Raven Shadow goes and tells the rest of the specials, like, "Yeah, it's, it's fine. Go, go, go. It's fine. I'll just wait. I'll just wait for Poe. It's fine." Which at, at a certain point, I was like, "Did I miss an issue? Uh, wasn't he just kidnapped? What is he? What is he doing running?" It took free? a second for me to clip, put it back together. Once we figure out what's going on, it takes a moment, right? It does. Yeah, but then we have Chandra uh, like fighting like all the weird monsters and stuff. Um, which I think her outfit changed. I don't know. Anyway. Um, well, again, change of artists. So yeah. <laughs> also her eyes keep moving in terms of like with, I don't know. Anyway, uh, it's a, it's a decision, <laughs> you know, like it is what it is. Um, but yeah. So then, um, we ended up finding out that basically where are we at here? Um, like, uh, was it poet comes back to save Chandra and like after he goes and com- confronts uh, Raven shadow, but there's also the rest of them, they're bringing a, a tactical nuke in. Right. So that's the big thing is that critical mass is asking for a nuke and the, the other heroes, sorry, specials are bringing it to her. So there's a ticking time like situation. Now, now that everything's compromised, things may not go as well as they want. She's bringing a nuke in. Exactly. Yeah. So, and then we find um, uh, a Joshua. We don't know where he went. No one knows where Joshua went. And that becomes a big thing where it's like, where is he? Where's Joshua? And yeah, except we do see a figure wearing a dress standing in rubble. <laughs> and that's when we realize, oh, as soon as I saw that, the panel of where's Joshua? I don't know. But then there's a figure wearing a dress in the panel. It's like, oh, okay. Now all of a sudden it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's one of those things that like it, it worked well then. Because we know, like, we now know, especially earlier where it was hinted that where somebody, like, op- one of them opened, the, like, their, the, the trunk under his bed and found something, which turns out something. to be woman's clothes, with woman's clothing, whatever you want, like, we, whatever, right? And we know that, like, he was never comfortable with his own skin. And, and like, and I hate that in 2023, his, his story is louder than it was then. Oh yeah, you know what but, I mean. Like, I it's mean, just, but, yeah. but balls—the balls for Straczynski to actually engage with this—and it's it's there is the it's never really resolved. You know exactly what the identity of Joshua is, which is why we're still using you know uh, masculine pronouns for him. Yes, whether you, or not he's trans, whether was, he's simply yes. a transvestite, you know, more comfortable wearing women's clothes. We don't know. 
because it doesn't really get resolved. But the fact that Straczynski had an eye towards at least that level of representation and doesn't do it as a joke. No. It, it isn't portrayed as, you know, a gag that shows up later. It doesn't get portrayed as an aspect of a shattered mind or, you know, a warped psyche. When we finally get the revelation moving forward of Joshua living their authentic self, I mean, Joshua is shining brighter than he ever has. Yes. And it's a glorious, glorious moment. And it, again, it shows you where Straczynski's sensibilities are as a writer. He will always have the back of the uh, of the uh, oppressed yes and, and that's and it's like one of those things it's like it's it was a bold move then and i hate that it's bolder now because it's like it's been 20 years we should be goddamn better than this yeah but anyway yeah we're not but i also like but that we the, are we are in certain levels but i like that I he mean, was forward thinking for like this was written in like 2000 this is supposed to be tw- like 2012 Good on you. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, we, we, we should acknowledge that there, there is, there is, there has been improvements. I mean, as, as much as there is a backlash in a lot of different circles against, against trans folks, or even just people who dress in women's clothing in the case of, you know, drag queens and stuff, they still enjoy a greater degree of mainstream acceptance than they did back in 2000. So there has been some improvements, but you know, the war still need to be fought because there's always going to be bastards. Yeah, that's fair. Right. So I agree. But like, so, um, with that being said, like he is, you know, like whatever, like he, he's comfortable himself. He realizes he has like a a purpose to fulfill. He needs to atone. And I, I like that, but then we ended up getting this throwdown between a compromised Raven shadow and poet, which is like all bright white fighting. Right. Yep. But also at the same time, there's another, there's another special that can, um, um, like manipulate, uh, mechanical goods. Right. And like, or like, like activate. Um, yeah. I kind of got it as sort of like a technopath. Yes. That's fair. Um, yeah. I'm thinking of more like, what was the, the character from uh, mass effect? The one that was part of like, uh, Oh, the one that was the one that was always covered in like the face mask and the body. Oh, suit. Tolly. Tolly, right? Tolly. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. I feel like that's kind of what this person is a little bit, right? It's like they're more, they're more uh, like they understand technology better than people. Right. So, yeah. but the fact that like this person was reluctant than, than uh, critical mass is like, well, I will reach in and make it happen anyway. That reveals more of what she's capable of doing. Exactly. Uh, That she has this ability to psychically manipulate people. And that's why we're finding out, as you mentioned, Raven Shadow is compromised and why he's having this big throwdown fight with Poet is because he has been mind controlled by critical mass. Yeah. No, but I like that. Like, it's like, don't make me go inside. And then we end up getting this wonderful splash page, which I, sorry, no, well, they're, they're fight. But then the next thing is where Poet understands what's going on. And they have, there's a wonderful splash page. It's like a two page thing where he's like, yeah, you understand why white artists always make us look the same. It's because <laughs> we're, we're half brothers because one of our dads was cheating with one of our moms. <laughs> you know? Well, they have the same father. And this is something that was uh, established very early in the comics that it was cl- uh, that one of, one of the people that had a child was definitely having an affair, you know, that, and they did it. Uh, they did it illustrated yes. without, you know, saying without saying, but yeah, uh, they have the same father. 
What else did you notice that like that splash page? One of them's wearing like a smiley face pin. Oh yeah, it's like I, so they are leaning a little bit into the, the Watchmen, Watchmen part, right? So, <laughs> so yeah. But then like Moss is like like let me in and like basically like I'm, you guys are gonna fight this out and then whoever loses, I still win, right? Because mm-hmm. that's what we're gonna find out that her her goal is is like bring like all the specials in because. Um, the more juice boxes I can drink, the stronger I get and the more influence I have. And also I don't want to let my lesser weaker self back. Exactly. If she kills more of the specials, then she will be able to suppress the Stephanie side of her. Yeah. So with this nuke that's going on, we end up having, um, like sanctuary, like, like being the one that's trying to stop this. Right. But we also find out like, you know, um, like poets, like late to the game, figuring out what's going on. Uh, Raven shadow is like left, like, you know, beaten, beaten within a lynch of his life. <laughs> you know, like I just, I don't know. I like the whole thing is like, Oh, you're my brother. I'll leave you pummeled. Cause I gotta go try to stop this. Right. Like I just like poet <laughs> poets is like, he always is like, I'm so, I feel bad for her, but I got to do all this. Right. But then anyway, so we end up getting this thing where he can't stop this, but then we have, a wonderful moment where we learn where um, Joshua, um, aka Sanctuary, uh, you know, is like, you know what? I can do this. I can absorb this energy. I can, I can actually fulfill my destiny and do the right thing and absolve myself. Not absolve, but like finally, like pay pittance for like for what I did. You know, yep. it's a, it's a wonderful moment, like yep. of sacrifice, right? Because like Critical Mass is like, um, like she didn't see this coming. No one did. And also setting up a another theme that pops in periodically throughout this, the notion of sacrifice. Yes. Um, we have Joshua's sacrifice to absorb the nuke in this, and then later on we'll have another character sacrificing themselves for the greater good. Yeah. So um, but yeah, I just I like I know you at you were you were talking about this the last episode we talked about this, like where he's at, where is he at? Like, did you see this coming? I, I mean, I, I did. I didn't see it coming in terms of the the way what uh, Joshua's secret was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I was certainly l- later on. You definitely get a very strong sense that Joshua was not on the same path of their father. Yes. So I assumed there was going to be some kind of turn coming up. Um, I was actually expecting a much more tragic end for Joshua in some way. I'm glad that that was subverted. Yes, they still became a martyr, which, you know, does feed into various commentary that, um, a lot of times writers will introduce queer characters only to have them die. (laughs) Yeah. But I I think this is a little different bent. I will agree. yeah. Yeah. At least it was, it was a heroic sacrifice. Yes. So that's where we're at. But the, the, the thing that's the, the saddest part of this is like upon repeated like reading is like, does anybody who that was? It's like, yep. oh, they're wearing a dress. You couldn't see like, I don't know. It's like, come on. Anyway, it's, the whole thing is like, oh, thank, thank that flying lady that no one knew. Anyway, just, I don't know. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> well, and it's, it, it, it's also speaking to the notion that they knew Joshua, but they never knew the real Joshua. But they never knew him. Right. So, yeah. Yep. So the issue 13, which I love this cover. I, I, the cover's amazing. Uh, uh, great cover. Oh, it's a great cover. Uh, issue 13 called Stalingrad, you know, cause you know, for reasons <laughs> you know, we're still in the battle of Chicago. Right. So, um, this is the most like superhero cape, cape shit. 
of all of oh, us, yeah. right? Like, it's, it's just a gigantic throwdown. You have all of Critical Mass's uh, minions versus all of the good specials. And then more specials just keep showing up, which is we very quickly realize this is a terrible thing because this is getting everybody into the same spot, which is exactly what Critical Mass wants because she just wants them all to die. Yeah. Because if she does, that means that she can get their power and never have to go back to being Stephanie. And also, like, there's a thing where there's still people, like, actual normal people stuck in Chicago for 10 years. Like, how terrible is that? Where it's like, oh, no, what's going on? Like, I can't go outside, but somehow I've had, like, water and, like, like food for 10 years. Like, I, I don't know. Anyway, so. Yeah, I would have thought know. that some of them would have looked a little bit more uh, John Carpenter-esque. <laughs> <laughs> right? You know, a little Escape from New York-style yes. action. Escape uh, from Chicago. That would have that would have been amazing. So yeah, so we get this, but then uh, the government, as they do, they, you know, they're like, "Hey, bright, you know, you we, like you couldn't be a police officer until New York gave you a badge that, like, you know, basically you're Green Lantern. Go, go do your shit, right? Like, we love you. Yeah, and right, then, and Patriot, and Patriot, where it's like, yeah, um, we all we're all scared of you. Let's the, you guys go figure this out, right? <laughs> Like, yeah, so let's, then, let's send in our let's send in our you know government friendly big guns to take to deal with the Chicago situation. Oh, and we're going to completely uh, renege on the agreement that was made with the other the good specials that gave them the pardon. Go yeah, go kick their ass. So weird that like that we talk about the government like changing their mind on agreements. I don't know. I just that just I just that's never happened before. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, now mo moving ahead um, into like the next big bit because it's a huge throwdown, but then there is the reveal where we you know Bright is is coming in. He's getting ready well, to yeah. But get even into before it. that, let me let me speak before that. Before that, for both of them were both flying towards Chicago, and Bright's like poet could have killed me. And he told me that like Patriot's responsible for this shit, and he's like he's like now I don't know who to trust. Right. So like Bright is like he's he's sus. You know, as the kids say, going into this. So yep. I like that bit of like, you know, he's like, you know what, my cop, my cop sense is tingling here. Yep, but he's so. still gonna, he's still gonna fight. He's still gonna do the right thing. Yeah. And then he gets intercepted by Patriot, who turns on him, and then it's revealed this, and this is what I actually, uh, uh, appre what made me appreciate Straczynski's writing, but also have more faith in the story that he's trying to tell because one of the things I said early on in the first volume was how quickly they resolved the mystery of who was killing the specials. It was Patriot or flag as he was known at that <laughs> point before he had to change his name for reasons. He we was talked, yeah. losing his, he was losing his power. And so he was going to kill the lesser of the, of the specials to keep that party going to keep his battery running and as he turns on Bright and smashes him into a building, he reveals that it was just like it was it was me, Matthew. It was always me. A very Vince McMahon style reveal. Uh, a <laughs> little less crazy eyes. But then yeah. it's revealed that it wasn't just him. It was critical mass that even before the surge, when she was able to take control, she could still exert small bits of control over the Stephanie persona. She was the one who figured out the notion of, of uh, the dispersal of energy when, when one of them dies. She was the one who manipulated uh, Patriot 
by getting into his head when she was having sex with him to get him to kill the other specials so that that power would be redistributed so she would become more powerful so she would never have to be Stephanie again. It was her all along. Yeah, so that's why I was really – I was tickled when we talked last episode about this that I knew that and I didn't want to tell you because it was such a delicious like reveal. You know? And again, I mean and there's like a, there's like a separation of I think – almost 10 issues between the initial revelation and this revelation. Yeah. So it's just like, man, all right, I gotta, I gotta just remember trust in J. Michael Straczynski. He's not <laughs> always, not all of his, of his storytelling instincts are going to be a hundred percent, you know, be tra- transcendent in my eyes. Straczynski. Yes, I get it. But he's still a goddamn good storyteller and <laughs> so, just yeah. have faith in the dude. <laughs> so the other two things I'll mention real, real quick between between that reveal is that one, Shander's trying to save like regular people and like like there's humans like regular people dying and they're like not trusting her. But then even though she's the most beautiful woman in the world, there's somebody's like, oh, I just you're beautiful. Like you have nothing like they're dying and they just can't like they can't help but fixate on her. That's mm-hmm. messed up. But then also, like, um, with Critical Mass, like, understanding, like, all these other specials, because she can get in their heads, of how much they, like, they're like, I don't know what else to do. I don't want to be here, but I have to. Like, yep. there's the whole thing, too. It's like, it is, oh, it's it's just devastating. But she's like, I'm going to drink all these juice boxes. But then but then there's the bit where Poet's like, oh, Bright's showing up. Great. And it's like, crap. Patriot's here, too. <laughs> Like there's the whole thing where it's like, and then Patriot shows his quote unquote true colors. But then knowing that like critical mass was like behind it the entire time. I just, again, like I just, I'm glad that like you did not see that coming because who would have? No, no. And, oh, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Again, I mean, there's no possible way we could because we don't even get introduced to the character of critical mass until like issue seven, I think it was. Yeah. So again, there's, 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 a criticism to be made about some of the elements of Stravinsky's storytelling. To me, it works though. Oh no, for this one's great because it's like, I, I, like this is a good double fake, right? Because it's like, because well, one, there's the medical professionals telling uh, Jason like, hey, your power levels are declining, right? And then, because we saw that in Shadow, right? But then also with her figuring out earlier, and it was like this like quiet voice and it was like the long game. And I, I thought that was uh, wonderful. And then she just amp it up. And then there's the whole big throwdown between him and Bright, which is like the big, like, you know, I don't know, Superman versus Captain America. For, like, yeah, let's, let's just have let's just have a big superpower throwdown, except when they punch each other, well, let's actually show the fact that they're getting hurt while they're yes. doing it. But then we have the flashback of like Matthew being like, what was it? Was his uncle that was a cop yeah. that died, yep. and like him being like, "You got to protect the people." And it's like, as much as we understand that, like um, modern policing is very compromised. I don't doubt Matthew Bright's com- commitment to the greater good. Exactly. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and and he he is the Captain America, not Patriot, right? Not Homelander, yeah. right? And, and then contrasting that moment of kind of child. An impactful moment of childhood that kind of set the, them on the course for the rest of their life. We then also get a flashback into Stephanie's background yes. the, at, that uh, gets provoked when she sees a mother clutching a frightened little girl 
causing her to flash back to when she was a frightened little girl being savagely beaten by her father. Again, elements of Straczynski's life coming into the fore here. Yeah. You mentioned that. Yeah. That's, and the, Mm. essentially those moments was, that was the birth of the critical mass persona that that was the persona she created to protect her from her father and the traumas of the world. And it is by seeing this imperiled little girl, this frightened little girl, that she is able to regain a semblance of self. Stephanie is able to come to the fore and uh, hold the, the critical mass persona at bay, which in turn breaks the mental control on uh, Patriot and yeah, so many of the others. The, the quote is from her. She's like, they're, um, they're afraid. The little girl shouldn't be afraid. That's yeah. the quote, right? And then, yeah, and then that's when Patriot's like, "What? Am, what am I doing?" Right? And he just disappears, like, out. Good, good on him. <laughs> you know, I mean, kind of, right? I mean, Chicago's burning and falling down, right? You know, <laughs> yeah, like, he just um, he, he just <laughs> bounces right. He out. eats out, right? He's like, I'm. <laughs> Anyway. Well, and it's again, it's 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 kind of the tragedy of Patriot that yeah. uh, much like Raven Shadow, he was the one that was always obsessed with being a superhero. Yeah. And he doesn't really have the mental or mortal fortitude to do it. Yeah. But then we find out like um, with Stephanie, she's like, you know what? Uh, she always had the powers. I couldn't fly. What if I can? And also Bright, who was beat beat within an inch of his life, is still trying to save people. Right. Yep. Like just, and it's like, and then poets are also trying to help too. Um, and then we have uh, Stephanie, like, you know, flying quote unquote, like she's pulling a Ripley from uh, alien three. You know? Yep. Diving into an inferno to kill herself before she the critical mass that, persona like, can come yes. back. And it is heartbreaking. And, it is. and then we have brights broken, right? We have <laughs> doomsday beating bright. That's it. And then, we well, have, we have, yeah. and then we have the um, the Crisis on Infinite Earths cover, except it's uh, Raven Shadow holding Bright <laughs> yeah, instead of right? Superman holding uh, Super, Supergirl. Supergirl, right? Yeah, that's <laughs> like, I mean, great. Like, you know, like pull references that work, right? Like, it's just because Bright was supposed to be like Bright and and sorry, Matthew and Jace were supposed to be the best of them, mm-hmm. but Matthew always was, right? And like the fact that he actually went undercover just to be a policeman until it was proven that like, oh shit, you're a special. Like he always was like always for the greater good. Right. Mm -hmm. Like he was, he was the true hero out of all of them right from the beginning. So then, uh, but uh, there's also the bit too, where it's like after they've, they've, they've like stopped the siege of Chicago, there's the brief bit too, that I just, it, it is a wonderful bit of writing, but it's devastating where it's like, even though they freed the people, those people are afraid of them. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, poets like, you know what? We're good. Let's get out of here. Which by the way, infrastructure's collapsing maybe make sure that doesn't happen but you know it just you know that's some notes <laughs> you know well at this point he was he's mostly just concerned with getting uh bright to uh safety i know but it also it's like all these buildings are collapsing no 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 we've done we've we've done too much <laughs> yeah let's get out of here it's like a Team America thing. They're like, you're freedom. You're welcome now. And they just leave. I don't know. That's not what they mean by this, but I get the whole thing of like, they're scared of us. Let's leave them be. Like, I appreciate that sentiment, but it's like, I don't know. This this has been a, a major metropolitan area under siege for 10 years. I don't know. Some of you guys are pretty strong. Help the rest of them for a second. I don't know. It just seems a little weird to me. I get the, I get the point though. Neither here nor there, but it's yeah. a wonderful bit where like poets taking bright 
it's a it's it's a wonderful little bit at the end. So we get into issue fourteen, um, which uh, let's see here. So thing the, the name of this issue is called Things Change. Uh, mm-hmm. Things do change, by the way. Um, they do. Pencils are done by Stuart Eminen. I think it's Eminen. Eminen. His his work since two thousand four includes since on uh, Ultimate Fantastic Four, Ultimate X Men, uh, with Warren Ellis and Brian K. Vaughn. He also illustrated uh, Ultimate Spider Man from issues one one eleven to one thirty three. So that was after um, Bagley left. Uh, but then from 2017, 2018, he did the Amazing Spider Man, um, and then did a, was it um, issues twenty five through thirty one. Um, from what was it? There's a multiple Spider-Man stories. Like all the numbers are weird, right? But he also did the spin sling for Dan Slott's last major storyline, um, go down swinging. So mm-hmm. he did a lot of Spider-Man work inks, uh, by Marlo Alquizina. Alquizia. I'm, I'm, I'm saying that wrong. I think it's Alquiza. Alquiza. Thank you. Uh, he did some amazing Spider-Man brand new day. We won't talk about that. Uh, yeah. Other Marvel and DC works, and then another another person did inking, and this was uh, Danny Miki, M I K I. He um, began his career ninety two working on Image Comics as an anchor on Youngblood. So there we go. Yeah. So yeah, that makes sense, yeah. right? So anyway, I just want to mention that, and then we'll move on to the other penciler later, who's going to be the bulk of the rest of the series. But yeah, number fourteen, uh, it is um, uh, things change uh, where. Uh, we have a poet trying to bring a bright to uh, an ER and people not understanding shit. And yeah, uh, he, and uh, he mentions that he brings them to a uh, hospital in Brooklyn mm-hmm. because that's where they had kept uh, extensive files on Matthew Bright when he was working for the NYPD. So basically, they're the only hospital that could conceivably well, the, 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 put the doctor back together. we talked about him. He's like he wanted to make sure that like because of his public service, here's your medical files. Yeah, right? yeah. So, and then like they also made sure they had specific equipment to try to treat his wounds, and then. But then police go up to show up to be like, hey, poet, we need to arrest you. He's like, good luck, Flash. He feels <laughs> bad about it because also like there was um, people nearby that were innocent bystanders um, that were scared of him. He's yeah. like, I stood too long. I'm out of here. It's like, yeah, think about that, right? That has to be upsetting. Oh, yeah. But then we go to him. Going back to uh, Indiana, uh, Illinois, sorry, Il- Illinois, Indiana, whatever, both corn <laughs> states, whatever. Anyway, so. Ouch. <laughs> that's my hot take. They're side by side, a bunch of corn. Anyway, and then he's talking to the doctor that's been the one to, like, be the father figure. Um, and he's, like, basically trying to inspire him, like, you guys need to do better. Right. Mm-hmm. And and then he passes away and Poet is devastated, rightfully so. Right. But then they're at... Um, Oh, who, who's, whose funeral are they at? It's um, the doc's funeral. The doc's funeral. Sorry. Which, uh, uh, yeah. uh, that's a nice little bit of misdirection because again, the last, the last page of the last issue we think was it's poet. Fly- yeah, yeah. It's yeah. poet flying off with bright. Then the cover is all of them standing in a, in a cemetery. It's yes. like, Oh, Oh hell did, did bright die? But not nah, the doc. Yeah. So the rest of them show up and I like the idea. It's like all the governments know that they're going to be there, but they're also know like, don't poke the bear. Like, mm-hmm. I, like, well, I mean, what, again, what, do you, what are they going to do? They, yeah. the government cannot uh, take on these people. Yeah. And it's like the only person that's not like fully in attendance is Patriot. It's Jason standing above them. Yeah. Right. Like flying above them. 
right? And then, so then uh, Poet actually makes like this big impassioned speech about like, I think I know what's going on. I think I understand the bigger purpose here. And like, I'm, I'm going to put it to you. Did you see this coming in terms of like his, his revelation? Not necessarily. Uh, Cause early on, I didn't really get a sense of where Straczynski was going to be taking this story. Um, well, perhaps to a certain extent, because on the first issue they did they did do that flash forward where po- we know poet is destined to be the last of them. Yes, and we know that there were t- decisions that were made that had unintended consequences. But so I suppose I should have been primed towards the notion that eventually they would decide why don't we try to change the world? Why don't we work together? Because all of our powers, even though some of us are much more powerful than each other. Working together, we can combine our powers to create wonders. And so the, the, that notion and that sort of shifting of the scale from what began as a very almost kind of street-level noir murder mystery and then expanding out the scope of things in order to uh, em- embrace kind of a global spanning scale uh, or story, again, that's something that Straczynski has done in the past with Babylon 5 which started off as a very sort of intimate story of just the space station and kind of Casablanca at space. And then boom, this, the scope of it expands out dramatically. So I, I, I should have been prepared for this, but yeah, so fair enough. But it's like, we find out that like they all, they're all their power sets are complementary in terms mm-hmm. of like what can be done. Right. And it's like, and poets been like, like putting it together and the doctor has too. Right. And then he was like, basically like, you know what? Like we're all here for a purpose. Can we just do it? You know, like basically like we can be better. We, the burden is big. However, when one of us passes, we get that power because then everything, whatever this is understands that like there's less of us, but we can still affect change. Yep. And it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, nobody's about this to begin with. And then he goes over, he's like, I'm going to wait by this tree while you guys figure shit out. And then, uh, what was it? Um, what, um, a pyre is like, you know what? I've been, I've been a screw up all my life. I'm going to try to do the right thing. Right. And then, um, they all kind of like, everybody's kind of like, like talks to each other for a minute and they all decided to like, you know, join in. Right. They're all with them. And then, then, then Jason shows up Patriot. And then it's like, cause this is the first time he's been free of, uh, critical masses, like mind control in years. Right. Mm -hmm. He's no longer the puppet. He's like, I'm going to do this. And he's like, I'm going to help you. And we're done. And he feels bad and he apologizes. And then, um, and then poet reaches his hand out. And it's a wonderful moment. It's like, you know, like I understand that you're under, like under duress, right? Under like a foreign, like, you know, like, you were mind controlled for a while. Like it's mm-hmm. not your fault, right? But and there's then, also a nice little piece of visual misdirection uh, in that where when he's tearfully apologizing to all of them, uh, there's, a, there's a panel where we see uh, poet. And his his face is all lit up with white light. And we've already established that's his power, you know, the yeah. white light when he's going out. It's like, oh, hell, he's going to go after him. But it's not. It was lightning in the background. Yeah, but and also they, considering that, like, what was it? Um, in the first a third, he was showing up and, like, to take out Patriot. And he was, like, yep. overcharged, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, like... The fact that he's like, yeah, let's just, let's just do this, right? And then and then we end up getting a uh, pyre going to South America and being like, hey, all these like cocaine uh, fields or whatever, like all this shit going on, yeah. And this yeah, let's an, just destroy that. <laughs> there's an amazing single page image of him 
full flame. Like it's a beautiful image. It looks like it almost looks like an Alex Ross painting. Yes, I agree. Right. Like, yeah. But then at one point, like they start shooting bullets and they just melt. And he's like, let's party. And he starts just laying waste. And then we find out that like, because nobody can really stop them, mm-hmm. they're going to change the world, whether you like it or not. And yep. it's, it's a wonderful se- sequence. And then we get to, what was it? Greece where a poet shows up to like take out like a terror cell. Um, this entire time where uh, Bright is now like in a coma, um, you know, like waiting. Like he's just like he's alive, but not alive. And Jason keeps talking to him. He's like, I'm going to figure this out. Like, like, like I need to. I, I also like, too, that um, whenever um, we're going to get to the next issue here in a second where Jason's like, I'm going to change the world. Like, whether you like it or not, even if it kills all of us, mm-hmm. which it, is just hits with a very ominous tone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll just say that. So issue 15 is called Power. Uh, it was released uh, in July 2001. So like two months after the previous issue uh, pencils by Brent Anderson. So Brent Anderson who would go on, he would actually do the penciling for the rest of the series. Okay. So the, everything we see after this, um, I, he would also then um, the last eight issues. So not like, so not this, but like the last eight we're going into next month, he would go on to ink himself as well. Mm. Um, so he's a co-creator of Astro city. Um, like what was it? Um, Neil Adams, uh, described him as his category of being realism. Good compliment. Um, he also did God loves man kills. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at his background and yeah, which is one back. of my favorite. It's one of my favorite stories of all time. I adore it. Um, I'm going to give a caveat that I just earlier pencilers, I think would have been my preference for the rest of this. However, his pedigree, I can't deny it. I'll just put it that way. Like, yeah. Maybe- and it is nice to kind of see, uh, uh, it's not exactly his old style. You know, he's, he's evolved as an artist, uh, especially since Marvel did kind of have the house style at that yeah. at the point when he was working for him, but it, it still has elements of that older style of comic book creating. And that's fair. It, I'm, I'm not saying that's wrong. It's just that I, I don't know. Like I have, I, I think I prefer the earlier half of the series versus in terms of art style, but hmm. It's just my preference. Your mileage may vary. Anyway, so issue fifteen, power. Uh, we get we get some amazing abs on the cover of him. Uh, yeah, <laughs> your abs. I get it. So anyway, um, all right. So, um, here we go. So here we go. Uh, it is. Um, we got uh, Patriot. Um, sorry, Jason. Go ahead and ask this corp and be like, hey, you can't. You like this is the. We're done. Yeah, done well, I'm, not, I'm done being your puppet. Uh, I'm revealing the fact that there's there's been a bunch of little different stand-ins. Anytime that you know there's an appearance from Patriot where it's not using powers, it's actually just a dude in a costume. Uh, I'm done with the fact that that uh, all of this that uh, Nexus Corp has been involved in all kinds of shady dealings. And I love also that there's an executive saying, "Well, that's just hearsay. You know, he can't do it." And then he reveals like, "Yeah, and I have all the evidence, and I've handed this over to all the news people." He's just like, "Ah, shit." <laughs> It's a wonderful segment. He's like, you can't prove it. I'm like, yeah, I can. Right. Like, yep. yeah. But then and also the fact that he gives this very impassioned speech about how he is actually going to try to do something of value with the powers that he's been given. And he, you know, he makes his case so very well. He pulls out a Horace man. Yes, it is. Um, be ashamed to die until you have won some victory for humanity. 
And yet the media is like, like, just so vapid. They're like, you working they're for like, Apple now? What's going on? Where are you going? Yeah, you're going to work for another. Are you going to work for another corporation? What's your new nickname? Uh, would you pose for Playgirl? And it's 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 him being dejected. It's like this is my big moment to actually start setting my world right. And it's falling on deaf ears. But you know what I appreciate about him and especially later on when he's it shows him relocating his wife and child to a new house, a safe house that he set up for them because he wants them to be safe when he goes about trying this hero thing. But also him trying to come to terms with the fact, how do you be a hero? I mean, his power is that he's super strong. He's nigh invulnerable. He can go super fast. What is how is he going to use that to save the world? Yeah, you know, I mean, you could beat up a you could beat up a, a bunch of uh, crack dealers. They're just going to move down the street. And I like that 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 is Straczynski acknowledging that in the real world, which is what the Rising Stars purports to be, it's the real world but with superheroes. Traditional notions of superheroism don't necessarily apply and the old ways of you know superman coming out of the sky and you know uh and stopping a bank robbery that's all well and good but if you're going to try to change the world literally change the world you have to think a little bigger and you can't just punch your way out of this out of the out of your problems well and also too like whenever his wife's like mentioning things he's like yeah rainbow shadow is going nuts on the city right he yeah. he's the ground level guy uh, also like you know uh, pyre is like burning up all the like the drug fields like 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 they're showing that like you know like we're doing this like i and like this has already been covered and then um you know the whole thing is like if there's a comet coming towards the earth i could do that and then his wife's like like she's like, what are you doing? he's like, I'm looking for a comment. Meaning, like she's trying to support him and knowing that like it's going to be a hard road. And then she's the one that mentions to him what the plan should be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she's like, Have you seen Superman four? <laughs> yeah, she sends him on the quest for peace. <laughs> but, uh, I'll put it this way, you know, he does a much better job. Like all, mm-hmm. but, but kinda. Anyway, I just you know, um, but yeah, like so he goes around. His whole goal now is like he's going to just he does not care about borders, right? Like nope. he's going to go and find warheads and just take them. And but yep. he's also going to be very deliberate about like one political power, other political power. So he's not trying to be like like I'm not a patriot. I'm just doing the right thing. Yep. And it's like that. But I love that. Like I by the way, because this is, this is early what two thousands. How he goes to Ukraine to take warheads. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That, that's not aged well. Because, like well, whatever yeah, it is, what it is. That you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's the whole. There's the one brief bit where he just takes like a bolt off the floor and he's just kind of like, eh, whatever. And he just goes about his way and he's just throwing tanks and shit. And he's like, yeah, just, like you can't stop me. I'm gonna grab these and we're gonna go. Yeah, I thought, and then and then the U.S. is like, "Hooray!" and they're like, "What's going on?" He's like, "I'm taking this one too." Like, yep. like it's, it's and wonderful. It, uh, you know, speaking of Superman four, at one point it literally looks like he has a net full of nukes. Yes, uh, as he's transporting them, and he literally takes them to Antarctica to, to you know his own version of the Fortress of Solitude. Yes, he's uh, thank you just for storing that. all yes. of these nukes. But I also <laughs> like that like Straczynski was smart enough to be like, if 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 somebody can actually have these abilities, I'm going to make it nigh impossible for anybody to dig this out with like causing the entire thing to collapse. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's like, that's cool. Like I also like that. Like he never changed his shirt or pants. 
No. He, so as he keeps getting shot by all these gets, military people. He gets more and more nude. <laughs> yep, because they just keep shredding his clothing, which is another thing that I've thought about. It's like in, in like Marvel Comics, uh, they it's usually uh, they do the unstable molecules thing where it's like, oh, it's a super durable fabric. And, you know, and everything is like real life superheroes. They can be invulnerable, but their clothes aren't. <laughs> It's like that. He's like, oh, these are, these are my uh, dockers. You just like you just chewed them up. I don't know. Anyway, so yeah. But yeah, he eventually, also, he's, they don't. Go, he doesn't. He, actually, I think at a certain point, he literally is flying around bare assed. <laughs> sure, right. I mean, works for Doc Doc Manhattan, right? So, but yeah, we end up getting um, the foreshadowing spoiler of a single um, warhead that's been pierced. So yeah, and as soon as I saw that, it's like. Oh, well, that's not good. Well, cause there's the whole thing earlier where it's like, don't compromise them because it's bad, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, he ends up, uh, like trying to come back. He goes back to his wife and child and like, he's doing the right thing. And then we also end up having, Oh, what's his name? Um, you know, uh, the old bastard that's been in all of this, right. The, the one, the one guy who has been anti-special from yeah, the Mr. Jump. Paulson. He yeah. was, uh, the mustachioed guy from back in the, the like the seventies. Yeah. When Thunderbolt Ross. Started manifesting. Yeah. Thunderbolt Ross in a wheelchair. Right. Yep. Like, yeah. And, but I like that he has a comfortable, uh, sweater now. That's well, good. yeah. He's an old man. <laughs> yeah. But he's like, yeah, you know what? Patriots turn sideways. We have an idea. We need to explore, how we can incapacitate these guys, right? Yep. So, because the With government hint, hinting that there actually is a way to take them down. Yeah. So, but it's like so. The whole thing then too is uh, Jason feels bad for Matthew being in a coma, and it's like he like honestly, Matthew's the only one that can really understand him, right? Like because they're the both they're like you talk about the specials like in terms of like being able to talk to each other. Fair enough, right? But Matthew's the only other one that's like a God mm-hmm. and like, and he's in a coma because of what Jason did. Yeah. And like, I mean, think about that too. Like, you know, it's just, I don't know. Like it is, there, there's, there's a human element here that I, as much as like this will never make its way to like maybe larger media, which it should. Um, there, there's something compelling here that I think that is missing in some of these stories here where it's like, I'm going to make it, I'm going to atone because you're the best of us. And finally, I can do the best. But, you know, like, I just, I don't know. I, I think these are wonderful moments of him. Like, I'm the only one. You're the only one I can talk to. I'm going to keep talking to you. I'm going to try to bring you out of this. Please and thank you. Like, I mm-hmm. don't know. Yeah. So this brings us to the last issue of so far where we're at. It is called Salah um, from September 2001. So it is, uh, it, yeah, a bit of a delay. It was three months. So there we go. Um, and we find out that we have, uh, we have poet, uh, hanging out in Israel with some cool looking sunglasses and a rogue white stripe in his hair. Right? Well, yeah, he's always had that white stripe. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know. I know. But then he's talking about like, we get like a little bit more of a forward momentum of like uh, Raven shadow. Just like, I don't know. I like the idea. It's like, I'm going to like, he has a world tour of like, I'm going to go to the city, the city and just bust shit up. Like, <laughs> and did you catch the name of the uh, news van? Oh, no. What was it? WJMS. Oh, there we go. I get it. All right. Good enough. And it's like, I like the idea. It's like they asked for a quote about like, what's going to, how long it's going to take. And he's like, when it's done. When it's done. (laughs) Yeah. The one man war on crime. Yes. Right. Uh, But then we have, 
we have Poe being con- you know contemplative about like what's going on. He realizes that like uh, Jason's going around and like I like that the governments are trying to hide their nukes from him and he's yeah. just fighting them. <laughs> and he's like because he can sniff it out. It's like like how would you hide nukes from Superman, right? Like <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And even the subs, it's like, oh, they're subs. He's like, yeah, I don't have, I don't have clothes anymore. I'm just going to take the sub out of the water. It's fine. Yeah. But he does have the kind of, uh, Namor, uh, underoos. So it's true. Right. But yeah. then we end up, um, finding, we, we revisit, uh, Laurel, Laurel, uh, Darkhaven, mm-hmm. who is the, like the, like the one that is the scariest one of all of them. Right. Yep. Because she is the one that we had, we had mentioned on the last episode, uh, cause she had a very brief mention. It was, I believe it was in the Kathy issue that she is essentially a special who has been working for the government, that well, she, she has the ability to tiny, tiny objects, the tinier, the more control she has. Right? Exactly. So very small, uh, telekine- uh, telekinetic abilities, which makes her a very good as- assassin because as they mentioned, the carotid artery, it's really small. And if she pinches that she can kill people and there's no evidence of how they died. But I also so, like too before we get to the conversation they're having in Israel, where we find out that like a lot of the specials are now just like doing construction without like they're, they're bringing supplies, they're crossing borders, they're smuggling, smuggling in cheap medicine from overseas. Yes, yeah. I mean, my gosh, <laughs> I love 20, the fact that it yeah. says that what the FDA and the AMA, they're filing lawsuits against the specials to which the specials had to say, screw, screw them, screw them, right? what are you going to do? <laughs> but then, yeah, we have a uh, poet talking to her about like, you know, like where you're at, like what's going on. She's like, yeah, you know what? I thought I was, I thought I was doing good, but then basically it comes to the realization of like, I'm just working, like nothing ever changes. Like I stop threats. That doesn't stop threats. Yep. And so her thought was to, what was it? Um, destroy two big holy relics. What was it? Dome of the Rock and the Wailing Wall. Exactly. Because uh, she realized, as we mentioned, her telekinesis works on very small things. And it actually gets more powerful the smaller they are. So conceivably, she can destabilize molecules. Yes. And as we know from, uh, well, hopefully basic physics, that can cause some very big things. So her whole theory is, uh, since they're in uh, Israel, you you take out the Dome of the Rock, you take out the Wailing Wall, they, these two factions will have lost their reasons for being, for fighting each other because their holy sites are gone. They'll be bound together by a shared sense of, of grief. They'll mourn together. It'll be, it'll, it'll be great. To which poet says, all right, let's lay out this biblical principle of Selah, which means take a, take a minute, <laughs> take yeah, a breath, yeah. and why don't we try something else? Why don't we try, instead of destroying, creating? Yes. Because, I mean, she's not wrong in the terms of, like, this is a contested territory. Like, and we, we can get into that, which I don't need to, because, like, we, we both know that, like, it is complicated as all get out, right? But It really is. And it's gross that like, even like, let's put it this way, 2023, if both targets were taken out at the same time by somebody, they would blame each other and it would get way worse. Right? Oh yeah. Yeah. So, but with him being like, you know what? I know what's going on. And it's like, I believe you have the power to do a thing, but just enough. And then, so we ended up having uh, uh, Jason show up and very comfortable sneakers, by the way. Um, I just want to point out some of his, you know, like, you know, like, and he's for backup just in case things turn sideways. And she's and he and so Poe's like, you know what? 
like, what about this? And he's mentioning like the idea of like, we know like the whole thing is they're fighting over like small parcels of land because like, this is a, um, you like it's not habitable. Like yep. just give people the ability to take care of themselves and then they'll calm down, which again, I would argue in 2023, people would still find reasons to be pissed off at each other. And they even, even, even mentioned that later. He's like, he's like, there's still going to be blood, but however, it's been, it's been mitigated by like, we can try better. Right. So, well, like, and, I, yeah. and I appreciate that. And I appreciate the fact that Straczynski is taking a wider view on things and it does kind of stand in opposition to say the work that Pyre or the work that Raven shadow are doing yeah. that. Yes, you can take out every gangbanger, You can take out every drug Lord out there, but if you don't fundamentally change the conditions that give rise to people like this, the cycle is just going to continue. But even with even with Poe being like, there's still going to be conflict just because of the nature of what's going on. However, if we can mitigate a majority of it, we're doing better. Exactly. And I think that's like I think that's that. So so then um, there's the bit where like you know like he convinces her to to do the thing. We'll talk about that in a second. But then he like Jason's like you good. He's like yeah we're good. And he's like but the poet's like hey something's off about you. He's like I have a head cold. He's like. None of us had head colds. He's like, yeah, about that. And he yeah. leaves. So we're, that, that ominous uh, panel <laughs> in the issue before, yeah, oh, that's certain to come true. We're going we're gonna to talk in August about what happens with uh, Patriot. We'll put it that way. So, yeah. Uh, spoilers. <laughs> um, anyway, so Straczynski has a plan. I'll just put it that way. But then we have, uh, we have her actually like, like bringing the fertile topsoil up for like a majority of of a, like a substantial region of the earth, right? Yep, and pretty much the the greater Middle East into parts of Africa. Like even like what we call the Fertile Crescent, right? Like in terms yep. of like what we know. But her sacrifice is brutal, right? Like yep. it is horrific how like she is doing it. Like her eye, like she's like, I can't even see or hear anymore. And he's like, I will help you to mitigate. And like she's bleeding out her eyes. It is like horrific. But then... Everybody just takes a second to be like, oh, it's a miracle. Which, by the way, we live in a world with like specials. That they would be like, hey, did the special do this? I don't know. Anyway, so, yeah, whatever. Anyway, she made her sacrifice because Poet also said, you have the power within you to do this and this alone. Mm-hmm. Like, And he understood. Yeah, and He understood the sacrifice. Her. And she did, too. And she was atoning for all the senseless deaths she did Like that resulted in nothing. Like, I think that is, oh, it's very powerful in terms of storytelling. Right. And like, and like watching like both sides talk about like, oh, it's a miracle and whatever. It's like, again, it's like, my God, Straczynski, you're really hopeful for the future. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, he is. Yeah. But again, how that reflects on what was happening with Joshua, that this is the notion of the sacrifice and how that fits into the broader notion of this story arc of being power, the application of power. What do you do with these gifts that have been given to you? And for some of them, it's giving everything you have literally until there's nothing left. Yes. So there we go. Like I just, I'm going to put it this way. So I'll here, I'll tease, I'll tease you the cover of the next issue where it says change the world or we'll do it for you. Yeah. Yeah. I I saw that. Yeah. It's a wonderful cover, right? So we're going to get into the last third of the series, but I'm going to put, put it to you. Um, 
you were excited to get into this. Like, I, 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 I'm super stoked, right? Like that you've got into this, but like in terms of the battle of Chicago and where we're ending up here, like, did you, did you see the story going in this direction? Again, I, I should have. Um, and, it, I, and if I if, if I had taken moments to kind of think of what I knew about, you know, kind of Straczynski's uh, sensibilities that I was aware of, it would make sense that the the scope would expand. Uh, I certainly didn't see the twist of critical mass being the, the mastermind behind it all. Um, but in terms of the broader sort of changing the world, that it. To say I to say uh, I should have expected it. That does that's not to do a disservice to the storytelling, because I think that Straczynski is telling a a, a a story with a hell of a lot of scope and a hell of a lot of sweep, and I'm excited to see where it goes from here. But fundamentally, knowing that this is going to be, it is very much set up to be. It she still could subvert my expectations. This this setup for the story does seem to be very much a tragedy. I mean, how dare you? But yeah. Anyways, <laughs> I mean, they established that in issue one again. I know. Again, he I know. Was, he I know. Was the I'm, last one you're, left. You're right. And you're he right. was he was lamenting how things ended. Yeah. No. Like, and we're gonna get there. And it is it's a hell of a thing. But yeah, I just the idea that's like they had like their own like. I don't know, internal squabbles and they got over it. And it's like, you know what? We're here to do a thing, whether the world wants us to do it or not, we, we can affect change. Right. Yep. And it's like, there's something there that is, yeah. I don't know if it's being explored in like, in, like, in terms of like when he, when Straczynski says like other people have done this, I don't know about this, but I, but I also understand that like, if this was ever brought to like an actual, like different medium, people would say it's an also ran, that's very mm-hmm. frustrating to me because I, it's not Watchmen. Like I, I understand that when I said this was my Watchmen, what I mean by that is like it took the blinders off my eyes of like what a comic could be in terms mm-hmm. of storytelling, and that's what I mean by that. Where there's there's an internal mystery, and then you find out like you know uh, Ozymandias like trying to like oh if I unify the world I can like like if I great tragedy could also bring great reaction a great response. Well, and even right? just like, the, the fact that the world is not static. I mean, that's the yeah. big thing with the majority of superhero comics. They're designed to be perpetual serials. So they can't shake up the status quo too much. The very few characters are allowed to grow, to change, to die and never come back. The status quo is, must always be reestablished. It's why they keep, messing with spider-man and why he's going to be perpetually (laughs) in his early 20s and a loser because they keep bringing him back and they never allow him to have character growth they never allow the world to change as it would necessarily change if these people were real and so straczynski freed from the the constraints of having to do a perpetual serial because he's telling a confined story he is able to tell actually affect this kind of change explore the impact on the world these kind of people would have and the impact on their own lives of these people growing up with these kind of powers yeah so yeah it's i i adore this series and like i like like thank you for being part of this ride and also like i'm glad that i revisited it because like it's just it's been it's been wonderful in terms of like this like it's been a wonderful storytelling experience and revisiting this and i know um, I know if, if Steve was part of the conversation, he'd probably have more to speak to the art telling, like art, the art style and the inking, which I know mm-hmm. I'm not as uh, fluent with that, but 
but thank you. Like I just, I enjoy well, the you, contours man. of the story. I so much, right? Like, and I cannot wait to get to the end of this. Like it's just, it is, it's just, yeah, there's, there's uh, more twists. I'll put it that way because it, again, why wouldn't there not be right? So, yep. yeah. And so. I'm also interested and it's, it's, it's a, cu- a curious little bit of synchronicity that the last issue we read issue 16, the cover date on that was September, 2001. <laughs> so obviously nine 11 happens. Yeah. Now, yeah. obviously, Straczynski wrote that issue well before since it was published, but it's still very, very dealing very, very intimately with the perpetual war between the Arab world and uh, I- I- Israel and all of the conflicts that came out of that and the broader the scope of that conflict that, of course, got visited upon the United States and on 9-11. What I'm curious is in the next issue, will there be any sort of reflecting back will uh straczynski change his script to accommodate the fact that 9-11 happened in the real world i mean maybe so i'll put it this way so um this came out september 2001 like we talked about that um the next uh issue 17 came out in uh january 2002 so there's a little bit there right and then a bit of a gap yeah, a little bit, right? But then we'll get there, right? So, mm-hmm. but I also think that he already had an arc, which we'll get there when we get there too, in terms of like. Yeah, and I, I'm not yeah. expecting him to change the arc. I'm just interested in the issues that come next. If they're they will reflect, we we growing up when we did, and having a cognizant memory of 9/11. It's very easy to look at the world before 9-11, the world after 9-11. Art changed, society changed, and things like that. So will that be reflected in some elements of his storytelling? Will he modify certain things? Or is it just going to be you know, a, a, a coincidence that stuff that he was planning on t- uh, discussing anyway just happens to dovetail into the world of a post-9-11? post Well, I mean, considering as much as he doesn't trust authority, yes, I would think there's going to be some themes there, but yeah, it's going to get the timeline of the publishers going to get wonky. We'll talk about that a little bit more because uh, Top Cow thought they had things. They didn't have rights to things, and that's where yeah, we're going to get into. That's, that's going to be something that we will be discussing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not so much about his output here, but yeah, ne- the next time we get together in August, we'll we'll wrap it up. We'll talk about how it got delayed and how I was frustrated <laughs> like, mm-hmm. at the time. So, so yeah, no, like, thank you. Like, I thank like, you. Oh my gosh, like, I need to dig into more. Uh, co- like, read comics, everybody. Just read comics. Let's just put it that way. Like, <laughs> no, read, yeah. like seriously, right? Like. You consume so much media and everything else, but I'm saying, like, I know that, like, I'm not the best at, like, always reading, like, comics all the time consistently, Um, but this is a a series I think it's important. I'd also argue that the one that he put out later, Midnight Nation, is a lot of fun, too, to get into. That's that's definitely one that I'm going to be reading. I'm also uh, interested to read his uh, Supreme Power series. I would also like to get into his earlier Spider-Man run. My gosh, Mm. like, there's so much there. There's, there's, yeah. Anyway, but that's another, that's another conversation for another day. So, um, we're gonna wrap it up. Look at that. Look at it. less than two hours. Look at yeah, we did good. We did good. <laughs> Look, if there's not news, um, if there's not like, a, if there's not a game, like I don't know, like it's who knew, right? Like yep. so, yeah. So, so sorry if uh, we're getting some distortion on the recording. I know that on my end you were breaking up. I, I could only presume I was breaking up a little, a little on your bit. end. I think it might be my board. I don't know. Like there's, there was one or two like dropouts but it's fine it's not as bad as 
there, there's been worse things happen. I'll just put yeah. it that way. So yeah, we'll just no. bl- blame it on the thunderstorm that came through. Yeah, blame it, blame it on the rain. Is there you I'm, go. <laughs> 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 All right, before we wrap it up, uh, of course, you're the more established uh, persona in podcasting. Where can people find you? And like, and if people seriously, if 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 you're coming to El Grove through this show. I don't know what you've been doing. Like, <laughs> hey, everybody, everybody, uh, it's a potential to be somebody's first time anytime. So, any, however you find me, awesome. Yeah. But yes, I do a podcast called the Talk Without Rhythm podcast. It is a weekly movie discussion podcast where I pick two films that are somewhat tied together by a theme and discuss them. Uh, recently, I've been fulfilling the final little bit of my Patreon selections that were put forward by my very generous patrons. Yeah. And sorry, I'm going to do a timeout. We're in August. Your Patreon selections have run through July. So your Patreon, everybody, he's he's doing pretty good for himself. Let's just put it doing all right. Yeah. No, he's always humble as fuck. I'm just going to put that out there. Come on. Well, I'm excited. I'm excited for the next episode because it's going to be one of the last of the Patreon picks that have been submitted. And it's going to be with your podcasting husband, one Mr. Steve King. Never heard of him. I know. So Steve's <laughs> going to be coming on the show. And uh, Steve and I are going to be geeking out on our shared love of heavy metal music, uh, particularly the work of Metallica, because it was Steve who requested. And I, I think this was actually this may have been originally from you who put forward this suggestion. Well, I just kept no, no, it's like I, like I know that both of you have a shared love of Metallica. We do. And, and also like he like he's also a Patreon of your show. Mm-hmm. And I kept trying to nudge him I'm like, you know, fly free, get out of the nest. Right. Like so. Like, and I know that you guys would have a much more uh, enthusiastic and informative conversation about Metallica, which I know that um, normally documentaries aren't necessarily your purview. However, um, everything's everything's permitted on your show. Exactly. And it, it, particularly if they have a very strong narrative, which this documentary that we will be discussing, which is 2004's Metallica, Some Kind of Monster, has a very strong narrative, not only in terms of its cinematic qualities, but also for Metallica fans. This, this is a very big part of their history. So pairing up with that, because uh, Steve wasn't quite sure what we were going to pair it up with, I actually had him, uh, pointed him in the direction of what I consider to be an essential document of heavy metal that goes all the way back to 1988, an early directing work from one Miss Penelope Spheris, who of course would go on to direct Wayne's World. Uh, that would be the second part of her Decline of West, of the Western Civilization documentary series. It is part two the metal years. So to give you a little bit of context for that, the very first decline of Western civilization documentary she made was all about the DC punk scene. So we're talking about black flag, minor threat, Fugazi, those kind of bands, you know, Henry Rollins, uh, in, in the eighties in DC, the metal years, which was released in 1988 was all about the sunset strip metal scene. So the rise of hair metal, glam metal and people like that. And it is a wonderful, wonderful snapshot of that particular scene where you got these established bands like kiss and Aerosmith and Ozzy Osbourne and a dude from wasp drunk off his ass in a pool. And then you have these up and coming bands, bands like, Odin, bands like 
London. Bands that you've probably never heard of because they never made it. And it is all them being <laughs> bright-eyed and saying, oh, yeah, we're totally going to make it. And then Penelope saying, yeah, but what if you don't make it? But we are going to make it. We're, we're going to be rock stars. Spoiler <laughs> alert, they aren't rock stars, but it is such a glorious, glorious document of that particular time when heavy metal was at its most excessive and where already this, the tides were turning. So, okay, brief aside, uh, years and years ago when I worked at Cedar Point, uh, a, a local amusement park here in Northeastern Ohio, uh, there was a point where I turned out to be very trustworthy, so they made me a locker attendant because I didn't mm -hmm. steal shit. And I just, like, the whole thing was, like, they made me wear, like, like wear janitors, like, like, clothes during the hot summer, and I had a set of keys to open lockers because people didn't understand how to open and close lockers. It was a whole thing. Anyway, like, so the whole thing was, like, I wasn't supposed to talk to anybody, and there was a young lady, I, I shit you not, you, like, this was, oh, like, around 2000 or so, she had a um, tramp stamp of, like, the load symbol on her lower back. Oh, wow. And, and I was like, oh. I was like, but what if like, I just, I was just talking to her for like a second. I was like, but like, what if like Metallica's like shitty in 20 years and she got really mad at me. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. I mean, 50, 50, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Like, like, I mean, my, my Metallica experience is like my, my, my brothers, my older and younger brother, like they're all for like the early and later. It's like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not like, I'm, my metal like appreciations different. Like my Venn diagram is a lot smaller than you, Steve, uh, uh, my co-host on strange highways, Terry, and other mm -hmm. friend of the show, Richard, like you guys have a lot more overlap than me. Like I get it. Like I, that's fine. Right. Like I, I, I accept that. Um, it's just that like, I like what I like, but like with Metallica, it's very hit or miss for me. Sure. Not a bad thing. It just is what it is. They, they're also very prolific in their output. So you can pick and choose. Like, like one of my favorite bands of all time is Led Zeppelin. I don't like all of Led Zeppelin. Sometimes they get up their own ass, right? Like I would fair. also argue Metallica gets up their own ass sometimes. Also <laughs> fair. It's like, I'm, you know, but the whole thing is like, I didn't mind load and reload, but I think that's one of those times where I was like, oh, that's their most commercial. I'm like, yes. <laughs> you know, so like, I will say, <laughs> but I, I will say, um, you should definitely check out the films that uh, we're going to be watching. Uh, Some Kind of Monster is, it's a trip, but goddamn, everybody should watch The Decline of Western Civilization no, Part I need to. 2, The Metal yeah. Years. No. And I, I, I had warned Steve uh, before this, it's like, be forewarned, as soon as you see this documentary, you'll be quoting it for the rest of your life. No, I need to. It's just, I, my, my weekend is going to be full of other things, but we'll, I'll talk about that in a second. No, but like, I'm excited to hear uh, uh, him cheat on me on the, on uh, on uh, your show. <laughs> I, and no, I just like, you know, like Steve's a great guy and I'm, you guys get to talk about it like a great thing. And I appreciate that as well. I also, you do a Patreon and you should shout that out because before recording this episode, while I was making dinner downstairs, I finally got to your uh, Patreon episode about Rebecca. Oh yeah. So, yeah. uh, uh, background on them. Uh, yes, I do do a Patre Patreon. Uh, that's how, how the sh show is supported. And as kind of an extra gift to my Patreon supporters, I've been doing what I refer to as my great unwatched pile where I got a big physical library of movies 
and a lot of them I haven't seen. Most of them I have, but it's one of those when you just acquire movies and you buy things, especially if you buy big packs of films, you can sometimes end up with a lot of movies you haven't seen. And mm-hmm. I, I find that very annoying. You know, you say I consume a lot of media, but it's mostly just trying to keep up with the stuff that I've bought. No, like, there's a bunch cool. of shit in my house too that I've not gotten to. Like I, like I, like I understand that, but like your yeah. consumption of media it dwarfs mine, but I appreciate <laughs> that you're like, I'm going to watch everything in my house, you know, whether, exactly. whether, whether it's a movie or the back of a shampoo bottle or like whatever it is, like I get it. So yes, I've, I've, I've drawn the line at least of not reading all the books in my house because we have a shared library of books between uh, Stephanie and I. And while I'll, I'll definitely watch her movies that she brought into the relationship. Some of them have been quite excellent. Some of them are like the pitch perfect films, but you know, it is what it is. Um, <laughs> Oh, but uh, can, can, yeah, can you so, please pl- please please both watch a week away that Netflix uh, Christian uh, camp film that I watched? For, oh God! Uh, no, come thank on, you. come on! It would, <laughs> it, it would just make her un- irrationally angry. We, we we don't need this. That's fair, but also yes, <laughs> probably do the same for me. <laughs> Anyway, continue, please. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, uh, one of the ones that I uh, discussed recently was uh, Alfred Hitchcock's 1940 film, uh, Rebecca, which, speaking of cheating, kind of felt like I was cheating on you since you're usually my go-to Hitchcock buddy. <laughs> yeah, but uh, so, okay, two things. One, you didn't mention me at all during the episode. And two, I'm sorry, bud. Two, it's also, um, I appreciate your commentary, but it's also one of my favorite ghost films of recent memory. Oh, so you count it as a ghost movie. Well, yeah, because Rebecca is like haunting the entire film. True, but it's not a literal haunting. It's a psychological. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, I just, I think it's, and then the ending of that, which we, like you talked about the miniature work and, um, I don't like, regardless of the miniature work, there is a sequence at the end involving like full on fire. Oh yeah. Amazing. I know maybe that film didn't resonate with you the same with me, but it's like, like I watched it last year. I think it was last year and it was like one of my favorite first time watches. Like it was just like, I wasn't expecting the scope of that film. And I also wasn't expecting, I agree with you with your commentary that it isn't like the most Hitchcock of films. Like I Mm -hmm. agree with that, but what's there is amazing and people should watch that. And like the miniature work of, uh, was it, um, Manderley, 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 Manderley (laughs) Bay, not Manderley Bay, but like just, I adore Becca, and I'm glad that you covered that. Like I was, I, I listened to that today while I was uh, making dinner before we started recording because I'm like, I need more Al Gore on my head. So everybody, Aww. yeah. Anyway, so I'm just like, what's what's a classy person that understands what they're talking about? Like what's going on? <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about Rebecca, but I'm definitely swearing up a storm the entire time while I'm doing so. No, but I'm glad you watched it. I thought that was a one. And then I also like that you doubled, like you double doubted yourself about Notorious. Um, I just want to point that out because you watched that recently, like in the last year. Yeah. Within the last year. And yet somehow I forgot that I watched it. There's a wonderful, there's a wonderful crane shot that zooms in on the champagne that's going on there. That's a, that's a, that's a good film too. Anyway, I just, the the thing that broke my heart because we've covered two Jimmy Stewart and Cary Grant Hitchcock films. Mm-hmm. And because like, well, you've, you've watched notorious, but you've not talked about it. So I guess we're still in the purview. We can, um, yeah. Because there's still, there's four of each, right? That's true. So, um, I don't know if you, have you covered Rope on your show or not? Uh, um, no, I've seen Rope. I feel like, I, I feel like we're, go, we're working show. backwards now. <laughs> in terms yeah. we of started, everything. Because we started later on with yeah. what, uh, uh, North by Northwest and Vertigo. Yeah. And, and then we're, uh, inching our way back. Yeah. So if we, so if we do like, uh, Notorious and like maybe, um, I'll rope and then maybe even go to like, 
Oh, I don't know. Like there's, there's two more. There's uh, the man who knew too much, like the remake. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the other one that uh, Carrie Grant's in. So like, if we want to like keep going backwards with that suspicion, right. I think suspicion. it's suspicion. Yeah. 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 With uh, the glowy milk that goes on in that film, like if we just keep working backwards, like I would, I, I, I know, I know, I already did my Patreon pick for your show with uh, no, Conair and the Rock. We could probably, we could probably make that happen. Oh my gosh, I just, I would love to work backwards with uh, Jimmy Stewart and Cary Grant and go through all the Hitchcock films. Anyway, so check out his Patreon. You're doing good work. You always do good work. So um, let me let me pimp some stuff and we'll get we'll get out of here. So I'll like awesome. if I could binge here for a minute. So. Um, yeah, everybody, uh, check out like this show, wherever you find your social media stitchers, like not a thing anymore. So don't yeah, do that. Stitcher went away. It's going away in August. And I, I feel bad. Cause it's like, as much as the shitty app, that's where most of my podcasts are yeah. <laughs> in terms of me. Like, so wherever you find your podcast rate reviews would be greatly appreciated. Also, um, go check out Steve at the science slasher.com. He's doing good work over there. And also his Etsy store at artist slash go buy his work. Good shit. Go do that. And also, so next week, um, I'm doing a, a twofer. So actually a threefer. Um, I know that I've been pushing you to watch more Black Mirror, which I know mm-hmm. you've not gotten to recently. Uh, Strange Highways, we're picking it back up. We're talking about Demon 79. Go Beautiful. check it out. It's a fun episode. Um, not what you think. A lot of fun. Um, that's coming this week. And then um, I, I'm going on At the Devil's Ball, which I need to thank those guys coming on last week to talk about... Um, I'll go to Mars because that was a thing that happened. <laughs> um, and then we're, I'm going on there to talk about um, um, Fury Road because they're doing a Mad Max thing. And it was funny because I, I was like, Nathaniel, I was like, have you seen Solar Babies? He's like, I have no idea what you're talking oh, about. Oh, God. Like, <laughs> oh, Solar I know, Babies. I know, I know, I know I'm poking the bear. I know I'm poking you the bear. Are. Yeah. <laughs> you are. You really are. He watched it. And commented on it. He gave it like two and a half stars. I'm like, really? That's where we're at with that? Anyway, because they just covered um, Beyond Thunderdome. I'm like, have you seen Solar Babies? And then I keep trying to make them watch Warriors of the Wasteland, but they're not biting on that. See, that one I love. <laughs> it's, Unabashed love Warriors of the Wasteland. It's so silly. I love that film. Anyway, so yeah, anyway, I'm, I'm going to go in there for Fury Road. That's going to be a lot of fun. And then, and then next week on this show, you'll be surprised by this. Oh. Um, like, cause I, uh, you know, since you have my husband on your show, I'm bringing my wife on my show. I'm having oh, nice. Mary, I reached out to Mary. I was like, what do you want to do? And she's like, I just want to slap you up upside down. I'm like, that's fair. Right. But, um, there's the new, uh, haunted mansion film coming out. However, it's not coming out until like a week after this. Okay. So we're going to talk about the Eddie Murphy one from uh, 2003, Oh, you um, poor bastards. <laughs> she is. No, no. She's a big Disney file and she loves the Haunted Mansion as an attraction. She's not actually been there, but she loves all things Disney and all of like all of that. So I think it's going to be a fun conversation with her history of what she knows about the park and okay. the actual attraction. And then why not get into that movie? Because it feels like Disney's like, shh, 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 no one talks about that anymore. <laughs> you know, why not? Right. So I think it's going to be. It's going to be a fun conversation and she's going to put up with me being an asshole like, like on this show. Um, it's like, I've had her on strange highways once talking about, are you afraid of the dark? This is going to be a little different animal. So, um, I, it's going to be, it's going to be fun having a spouse on and by fun. I mean, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> I'm looking forward to listening to it. Yeah. So anyway, that's going to do it for us this week. Look, look, two hours and 10 minutes. What, what, are, we, nice. what are we even doing here? But <laughs> Being efficient. Sure. All right. So anyway, everybody have a good week. Have a safe week. Um, check out Talk Without Rhythm because you are you just had a Columbo 
Um, we did. Yeah. yeah. The first two pilot films of Columbo. I, I need to get to that. I need to listen to that. And um, yeah, anyway, so yes, everybody go check him out. He's much better and more prolific and more wordy than myself. Stop it. <laughs> In August, we're going to finish Rising Stars. Go, please, please, please read the book. Go support J. Michael Straczynski in all fashions. And in the meantime, I don't know. Um, I, got, I got nothing other than like, don't be a superpowered dick. I, I got nothing. Selah.